Hello, my name is Brian. I'd like to talk to you about Mohawk Honda in Scotia Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Uh, yeah, before we get into White Heat episode 48, Mohawk Honda, our good friends, always supporting not just White Heat, but all of our brother and sister podcasts, whatever they are. I don't know what the technical term is. But anyways, all the other podcasts under the Godzilla Media umbrella. Uh, Mohawk Honda is just great to us. And this spring, they're going to be great to you with your used vehicle because they're going to give you top dollar for your trade-in with a continuation of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. That's right. Same day you come on the lot with your used vehicle, you're going to check in hand. Not five to seven business days, not one to three weeks, none of that crap. The day you arrive is the same day you get your money for that trade-in. Or, hell, forget that. Just make it a swap. All you got to do is go check out all the inventory over at MohawkHonda.com or check out their social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Check out their new vehicle inventory or check out their certified pre-owned used inventory, which always gets terrific ratings and reviews from all the customers that come through there. Just talk to any of the sales and leasing consultants. They're all ready to work with you to find the best vehicle for your budget and lifestyle. And hell, if you don't want to do that, fine. Just do the, the instant cash offer and they'll do everything they can to make sure you get top dollar back for that vehicle. So go over to Mohawk Con in Scotia, Glenville. Check them out this spring. Mohawk Con, where they always go out of their way to please you. As I totally forgot to put the banner up, but screw it. I did the read. That's all that's necessary. Hi, JJ. Welcome to So 48. <laughs> Do this a day later than usual because reasons. Um, the, the long and short of it uh, is that um, I found out Sunday that I got volunteered to pick up my niece and nephew from school this week um, because <laughs> the grandmother that usually picks them up is on vacation and out of town for the week. So because I got volunteered as um, Mr. Nanny, essentially. You got voluntold. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, voluntold. That, that's, yeah, the wife wears the pants. It's voluntold. It's not volunteered. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. So uh, how has your past week been? And uh, do you think you're ready for WrestleMania Backlash this coming Sunday? I guess. <laughs> I don't <Guess>. know. <laughs> Had a busy weekend. I got a sunburn for the first time in 20 years. Whoa. You yeah. sunburned? Yeah, I was outside for a few hours, and luckily it was only on like my forearms, and it wasn't that bad. So that's not too bad then. Yeah, yeah. but I was just like, like, uh, like Sunday night, I was just like, "What the? What? How the? How did this happen?" Okay. Right. <laughs> on the count of on the count of three, at the same time, we're gonna say the worst place to get a sunburn for us. One, two, three. The back. top of your head. Well, we're not bald, so doesn't matter, dude. I've gotten a sunburn on the top of my head, like when I was younger. It fucking, it's uh, terrible. Really? Oh yeah. Use I used to do landscaping in the summer, freaking oh. for like no. And you know what the worst thing is? Winter sunburn. Oh. Mm -hmm. And you get it right here, and it's oh, so bad. I, I can't, I can't say that from experience. So, yeah. From experience, so I will say the back just because it makes yeah, that it, does um, suck. It sucks to sleep. So, mm -hmm. yeah, any hooser. Uh, so yeah, we've got a 
Because we're recording this a day later than usual, we're recording this on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. That means we have two weeks on Monday Night Raw we got to cover. Mm-hmm. But before we get into any of that, we have uh, we got some intriguing stuff to cover from beyond the borders of the continental United States of America. <laughs> and we're going to begin with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Wrestling Dontaku 2022 was this past weekend, Sunday to be exact, May 1st, and it was intriguing um, for a couple different reasons. Uh, let's begin with just going through the things that weren't shocking, which was basically the first half of the show. Well, first four of the nine matches. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Suzuki Goon, consisting of Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Takamichinoko defeat. Representative of Los Ingobernables, Takagi and Bushi, mm-hmm. as well as Shiro Toshinaka mm-hmm. um, in a six-man tag. Then we had Hiromu Takahashi beat Yo in a singles match. Tonga Loa beat Yujiro Takahashi in a singles match. And then six or nine, which is Master Wado and uh, Taguchi, they mm-hmm. retain the junior heavyweight tag titles against Kanemaru and Duke uh, Doki. Mm-hmm. Uh now we get into the more intriguing part of the card, the last five matches. So Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens won a triple threat to become the new heavyweight tag team champions, taking the belts off Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb, which I want to say they just won the belts. It wasn't, wasn't that, that long, long ago. ago. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Um, I said it first. <laughs> um, they came through my headset at the same time. Screw you. <laughs> um, then we had Tomatonga, your boy. He defeated Evil by pinfall to win the Never Openweight Championship. Ain't nobody realer than Gorillas. Trying to think. Does that qualify as Thomas' first singles title? Yes, it does. Now, obviously, we don't count any indies that he may have done beforehand in this case, but I'm pretty sure that's that's the first anywhere mm-hmm. for him. So good for him. Congratulations. Uh, Taiji Ishimori becomes a new junior heavyweight champion by beating El Desperado by submission in about 15 minutes. Then we get into the part where I want to say a big fuck you to a special someone. <clears throat> so Hiroshi Tanahashi defeats Ishii to, to become the new United States heavyweight champion after it was vacated by Sonata due to the uh, compounding issues he has from the I think it's the orbital bone injury he had. If I'm yes, the orbital. Yep. Um, thank you, Will Osprey. Go fuck yourself. Um, but that's not the fuck you I want to send out. I want to send the fuck you to Juice Robinson. Because mm-hmm. two reasons. Number one, this motherfucker was standing at backstage at a New Japan show not too long ago. I'm going to say about a month ago, if I remember correctly. And this jerk off said, um, I, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do with the whole come to Japan thing all the time. Blah, 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 blah. And this motherfucker decides that he's going to attack Hiroshi Tanahashi after the U.S. title match. Mm-hmm. Like, suck a dick, dude. I just, I can't. I just, I can't. I really, really And can't. then, on top of that, now, I'm, I'm, before I say, before I finish the end, then I think you're pertaining to, I'm just going to double check to see because mm-hmm. what happened was see what had happened. So after the match ended, 
Uh, of course they write this shit in long form. Okay. So, Chase Owens initially gets in the ring, and it looks like he's going to be the one stepping up, because they always do this whole next challenger step-up thing, it seems like, after all their title matches in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out, uh, he was a distraction, because when Juice showed up to attack Tanahashi, um, Juice wasn't looking like normal Juice. Mm-hmm. He looked like a reject from Aces and Eights. And it turns out he's actually going to be a new member of Bullet Club. Because... Would you like to use your word? Because reasons? Thank you. Um, and he stole yeah. the belt. Because that makes sense. Oh, oh, he stole the belt. Oh, oh, great. We're yeah, d- there's there was pictures of him backstage with the freaking belt. The, oh, wearing, the, wearing the ghetto Aces and Eights gear. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Jean-Pierre Lafitte and uh, Bret Hart would like to talk to you. Uh, then uh, we end the night with Okada successfully defending the World Heavyweight title against Naito in just over 34 minutes. And then Bullet Club, led by Jay White, jumps Okada. And obviously that's to set up Dominion next month, which, by the way, has already got four championship matches announced for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four matches are, as I just mentioned, Jay White, uh, challenging for the World Heavyweight title against Okada. Mm-hmm. Tamatanga will defend. Uh, and this is the part I left out from Tamatanga winning the Never Open Heavyweight title. Uh, the Good Brothers showed up yep. at Wrestle and Dog Taku. Mm-hmm. So Carl Anderson's going to challenge Tamatanga for the Open Weight title. Mm-hmm. Um, then the third title match announced so far Cobb and Great Okan will get their championship rematch one on one against Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens for the heavyweight tag titles. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, is this, they're really counting this as a fucking championship match? Oh, God, Jesus Christ. I know the King of Pro Wrestling thing is yeah, yeah, that's what they're counting as the fourth. Oh, my God. Takagi's defending that against Tai Chi. Yeah. Like, what? How? How? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Reasons. I don't even know how you consider that ch- an actual championship, but. It's, it's, it's. Reasons. It's, it's a gimmick trophy, so they can have, so they can technically have something on every show. No shit, it's a gimmick trophy. <sighs> I hate this shit sometimes. Anyways, um, yeah, just I, I, I don't, I, I give up. Um, but I mean, I will, I will give New Japan credit. They are uh, doing good in trolling the basement goblins uh, for everyone because everyone thinks their their fantasy booking is going to come true for the end of June, and it's not, and I'm going to laugh. Yeah. that uh... Because now Dominion's going to happen, and all these morons are going to think that come June 21st, Jay White's going to be the champ, and Carl Anderson's going to be a champ, and this, that, and the other thing, and none of it's going to happen. No. No. Carl Anderson... Tom is not dropping that belt less than a month. Well, no. It would be just over a month after winning it. That's not happening. No, 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 no. Tama's not coming to AEW. Well, yeah, that's that's the bigger thing of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even know why I even didn't even recognize that. Uh yeah. So uh, another thing, by the way, that I have not mentioned yet. Uh Best of Super Juniors. Uh-huh. Starts hold on. I believe it starts this week, actually, if I'm yep. correctly. Um and I will actually show you the blocks right now. Yeah, they now. announced them. Yeah. So there they are. Uh, the blocks are block A. You have Taguchi, Yo, Clark Connors, 
Romu Takahashi, Kanemaru, Ace Austin, the current X Division champion in Impact. Hell yes. Alex Zane, Akira, Taiji Ishimori, the current junior heavyweight champion, and show. Block B, Master Wado, Robbie Eagles, Titan, Bushi, El Desperado, Doki, or Doki. Doki. I don't know what. I see D O U on it. I don't know. Uh, Colloquialisms. It's, yeah, sorry. Uh, El Lindaman? Is that what it's it? Yeah, sure. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, the current Ring of Honor pure champion. Like anyone T- cares. TJP. Um, uh. Who I believe is still contracted to Impact, if I remember correctly. No. Or is he just MLW now? Uh, MLW in New Japan. That's it. Okay. And El Fantasmo to wrap up the B block. So uh, that gets started this week. Actually, I believe it gets started earlier today. But um, we'll obviously be updating that yeah. over the course of. And yes, I know that banner is not us. I'm going to change that real quick. Um, yeah, things happen. Um, but yeah, I will. Well, obviously, update Best of Super Juniors week to week up until yeah. it finishes at the end of the month. And all the basement goblins think Wheeler Yuta is going to win it all. Because <laughs> it goes to show how much they actually watch New Japan. Or even, <laughs> not even watch it, just keep up to date with it. Jesus Christ. Like, come on. Come on, dudes. Oh, uh, yeah. So, next. Uh, so. I'm going to, I don't need to apologize for this, but I'm going to make a formal apology anyways in public because I know privately <laughs> I said something to be an asshole. So in private, okay, I stress in private. Yes, it I, was. It was in private. I didn't tweet about it. I didn't post on Facebook about it. I didn't TikTok it, nothing. But in private, I had a knee-jerk reaction when I saw the results of what happened at the first of three Triple Mania 30 events. Um, just to remind you, Triple Mania, they did event one in Monterey. Um, I believe it was uh, Saturday. From mm-hmm. Yes, it was this past Saturday. Yep. Then they're doing two other ones um, in June 18th in Tijuana and then October 15th in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 15th, obviously, usually the big, the big one out of all of them when mm-hmm. they do go multi-night. Um, but my initial reaction when I saw because if you recall, a week or two ago, we were talking about Triple Mania 30, night one. Uh, we reported how Alberto Del Rio, or I should say Alberto El Patron, I believe is what he's technically called now. Yes. He had been booked as a replacement tag team partner for Laredo Kid in the three-way tag match um, in the middle of the card, which we'll touch on in a second. Uh, turns out he last minute had to pull out of the show. Now again, Niedrich, I'm like, this jackass really pull out last minute? What the hell? Come to find out, as news came out over the on Sunday and into Monday, um, that his ex-wife, the mother of his three children, had actually been sick throughout the month of April and took a turn for the worse yeah. in the days leading up to Triple Mania, and she actually passed away over the weekend. Um, actually, the day of the event on Saturday. So, obviously, our thoughts and prayers go out to Alberto and his family and his children mm-hmm. and uh, wish them the best in this tough time. Um, and so, this is my apology. I don't, I don't owe one because I didn't put it in public originally, but Alberto, I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. It's okay. good karma. Um, so, we'll skip over the two pre show, the two dark matches because they 
didn't really mean anything to the show. Mm -hmm. um, so do you understand what they're doing here in celebration, I guess we'll call it, for uh, Triple Mania? I don't know if this no, is... No, I didn't even pay thing. attention to it. <laughs> so they're doing an eight-man tournament. Okay. Called Ruleta de la Muerte. Death Roulette? Yes. So basically, they took eight masked wrestlers. It's Russian Roulette. And put them all into a single elimination tournament. You win, you're out. Mm -hmm. You lose, you would advance in the tournament. Whoever loses in the semifinals faces off on night three in Mexico City in October in a um, a mask versus mask match. I know it's a regular thing that I think it's usually hair versus mask typically or title versus mask. Or no, it's it's, it's some combination, but it's just it's you know. But if a mask is on light, so that so okay, so basically your goal is to not is to not stay in the tournament. Correct. Your goal is to win okay. and get the fuck out. That's that's odd. It's it's different. It's different. So the four quarterfinal matches were at. This past weekend's edition of Triple Mania. Mm -hmm. Ultimo Dragon beat Pentagon Jr. Yep. L.A. Park defeated Villano 4. Mm -hmm. Rayo de Jalisco Jr. beat Blue Demon Jr. And mm -hmm. uh, Kanik, I believe it is, right? Kanik? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he defeated Psycho Clown. So the semifinals that'll be done at the Tijuana show in June, mid-June, mm -hmm. Pentagon Jr. against the Ono Four and Blue Demon Jr. versus Psycho Clown. The losers going into a mask versus mask match in October in Mexico City. The Ono Four is losing his mask because now, you know, you know, you know, Pentagon and Penta. Blue Demon are not Blue and right. Blue Demon's not either. Right. So, that's, so it's that's, either Psycho Clown or Viano Four, and for Christ's sakes, it's it's a Viano. It's going to be a throwaway. Okay. Uh, aside from that also taking place, did you know AAA had a a mixed tag team yes. championship? Uh-huh. Well, originally, that was not part of the booking. Oh, yeah, but, you know, Cocaine Khan had to go put his little fucking stank on the show. So, the title ends up being added to the car. Like, I get the match was already in place. There was already a triple threat, or was it a? No, it was already a, four, a fatal four-way mixed tag match in place. Uh -huh. That was already there. But all of a sudden, they added last minute the fact that it was going to be for the mixed tag titles. Mm -hmm. And who ends up winning? <sighs> Everybody's favorite couple these days. And this explains why Dumbass lost the fucking TV title on, the on Dynamite. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, so Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara won. Over the current champions who were Chic Tormenta, uh, Tormenta and Ares, uh, Maravilla and Latago, or excuse me, Latigo, excuse me. And uh, the other team was Sexy Star 2 and Commander. Sexy Star 1 should come back and break Taikanti in half. Well, I'd pay to see that. You would pay to see that? Yes. Well, let me see if they've been booked for June yet. No, they have. I can't wait to see how the fuck this works. Oh, by the way, uh, what? Huh? Wait, what? 
<laughs> so, man, AAA really fucks with my head. So, yep. all right. So, there's technically three matches where, aside from the two semifinals of the you want to win tournament, not yeah. lose. There's three other matches already booked. Uh, number one, this which was already known, the Hardy Boys taking on Dragon Lee and Jarlistico. Uh-huh. Then there's two matches, two other matches. You ever heard of an elimination steel cage match? Kind of. Okay. So they're taking six luchadoras, six uh-huh. females, mm-hmm. stick them in a steel cage. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be it's Lady Shawnee. Oh, hang on. Lady Shawnee Lachiedra Flamer Cheek Tormenta Sexy Star 2 and Taya. Okay. So Apparently, it's for the Reina belt? Oh, no, 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 no. It's about to get worse. Apparently they're going to put a mask on Taya to start off with. The fuck? Because it's going to be this. I'm assuming it's going to be the same concept as what they're doing with the men's tournament. Uh, the final two participants in the women's steel cage match will then have a mask versus mask match that night. But I, 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 I what, what? It, that's I, 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 I doesn't that, have a mask. We already know what she looks like. There's no, the, the whole point of a mask versus mask <laughs> match is that you lose the mask and you lose your honor. Oh my fucking god, my brain. I, I know, I know, I know. Oh my god, I, I, I need know. a cigarette. I don't even smoke. <laughs> I told you this was gonna hurt your brain when I said when I would when I was gonna put this up. No sense. I I know I know I fucking know. Uh there was also a th- uh, the three way tag match: Torus and Johnny Caballero. You probably mm-hmm. guess who that is. Uh, they <laughs> defeated they defeated Dragon Lee and Jalistico as well as Laredo Kid and Jack Cartwheel. Mm-hmm. Who Jack Cartwheel is? I don't know, but it was a dude who replaced Alberto. Yeah. Never heard of him. Uh, in a trios match, we had Pagano, Bandito, and Taya defeat Cibernetico, Andrade, and Tiana Perrazzo by DQ. Mm-hmm. And then the main event, the Bucks beat Ijo Del Vikingo and Phoenix. Yay. In 16 minutes. So that's that. Yeah, that's just a fucking headache and a half. The uh-huh. I can't even. I, I got nothing, dude. I, I I wish I wish I had something smart to say, but I I really fucking don't about what AAA is doing there. I'm lost in the sauce. Now, this transitions me into something else because something happened at Triple Mania that needs to be touched on, and I'm going to. Uh, I said touched on, so you put your finger to the camera to touch on it. Is that what you're touch. doing? <laughs> you're such a dick. Um, I'm going to introduce my own little segment to the show. Because I feel like two people need to uh, be recognized in this. Mm-hmm. You've got one or two segments that come in and out of this show. Uh-huh. So I'm going to start one of my own. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of inspired by what you have going on, but yours is focused on the indies. Okay. I'm just going to label this Welcome to the Black Book. Okay. So if you don't know what the Black Book is, to go back in time, Las Vegas 
And this is referenced in the movie Casino and I'm sure other movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Black Book is basically a, a book kept by the authorities, namely the FBI, of uh, not very well-liked individuals who were banned from um, casinos and other buildings of the like in Las Vegas. Right. Um, Al Capone was like one of the first people in this book and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Very unsultry figure uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. I like to put two as the first two names in this black book. Number one, because he showed up at Triple Mania and now is uh, claiming he's going to invade a certain show in about a month or so. Adam Schur, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that I think that pretty much sums up sums it up. You show up to Triple Mania. I'm assuming. Welcome to buy AAA. I don't think they would have allowed you to just walk up, take a mic, speak, and leave without knowing right. that you were there. Right. Basically, you said "fuck the forbidden door," um, which you're banned. I, right, but <laughs> the reason I'm saying the phrase is I know, I know. So basically, he's saying he's going to show up to the New Japan AEW event in Chicago. Um. With or without invitation, and <laughs> basically, he's gonna go rogue, kind of like uh, Kaz and Enzo did at the MSG show a few years ago, or like that episode of Raw in Philly where Shane Douglas was there in the crowd, and he just pulled off his shirt to reveal a fucking hardcore homecoming shirt, and then security kicked him out. Right. I. I think Adam's losing his shit a little bit. Thank EC3 for that bullshit. Yeah, I I know. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, weirdly enough, that's not the worst of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, It's one thing to call somebody's mom a whore. Yeah. It's another thing, it's another thing when the mother's dead. Uh, Ryback, you, 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 you're number one on the list, bro. So, And then not only did he say it, he doubled down on it later on. Oh, okay. Because I read it a few times and it seemed like he was trying to make a metaphor about a single kid with a drunken whore mother and not exactly saying it. In either case, it's still awful. But, so, okay. Gonna, so, yeah. So, he doubled down. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I just, I, I can't with some of these people sometimes. I, I really fucking can't. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to find the actual headline about this real quick. Um, but yes, he doubled down on it because he's a fucking idiot. And yes, he is. I just, I I have nothing to say at that point. Um, where, oh, where is the headline I saw? Oh, where? Oh, where <laughs> oh, here it is. All right. So to for those of you who didn't see it, so he went on a little rant he, basically, he and we'll get into the actual reasoning a little more later. So Ryback was eventually was basically reacting to the NXT releases from last Friday. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Ryback would go on to say in a in his uh, tweet tirade, "Quote: Vince McMahon, like most promoters, has an insatiable urge to have control. He had no control watching his mom get beat up as a child, which is a horrendous thing for a kid okay. to witness." as their whore mom tries to make ends meet. Vince has failed to evolve. Fuck you, old man. Okay, so it wasn't a metaphor at all. (laughs) No. Uh, 
Jesus. Uh, he followed up also by saying, it's so crazy how many people are okay with a psycho billionaire toying with innocent people's lives and whoring out a human circus, but can't stand the actual truth of that man's psychological weakness. 48 laws of power. Your clock is ticking, old man. You take nothing with you. I can't believe he invoked the 48 laws of power. And by the way, uh, Vince's mother passed away at the age of 101. Right. Back in January of 2021. Right. But I did see something where he doubled down on that, and I can't find that specific headline, which is sad. I really wanted to find that. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah. I just, I just hate stupid people. I really do. Like, that's basically the, ba- the, the, the easiest sum- summation of that. I just, I hate stupid people. Oh, you might have to figure. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ryback should actually read the Forty Eight Laws of Power before he fucking. Yeah, do you, do you mind kind of summing that up for me? Because I don't think I. Forty Eight Laws of Power is, is Forty Eight Laws of Power is a is a very famous self help book, uh, along oh. the lines of like Tony Robbins and stuff like that. Uh, but basically, it offers advice on how to gain and maintain power in business and everything, and it uses lessons drop from. Um, experiences of historical figures kind of like uh sun Tzu's the art of war is a little bit in there and stuff but it's basically it's you know it's it's a self-help book and ryback obviously has not read it and just use that like i'm surprised he didn't quote i'm surprised he didn't use the title of a freaking golden dawn alistair crowley book for that because i'm pretty sure vince has all the power and doesn't need to read it <laughs> Oh boy. Well then. Um yeah, we'll just we'll just attempt to move on from that. Um yeah. Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. All right. So, let's get into impact. Let's see what we can find out. Uh we I understand have... I understand why the match at Rebellion happened now. Why yeah. they did why they did Ishii and Joan at Rebellion. Uh, remember, I was just like, "Why the hell did why did why didn't we get PCO versus Jonah in the Monsters Ball? Why right. did we get Ishii and Jonah instead?" Right. It was obviously for the setup, right? Uh so real quick, uh, before the Impact pre-show, Vincent beats Crazy Steve. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get into the show. Briscoes are there. Yep. Um, actually, Violent by Design kicked off the show, mm-hmm. and then. The Briscoes uh, start arguing with Keith and Rhino, mm-hmm. uh, who gets the next shot at the belts. Yep. And yay. So that actually leads to a match. The Briscoes beat Heath and Rhino. Mm-hmm. So one would assume Briscoes are no more contenders, but who the hell knows? They will. Uh, <laughs> Briscoes are going to freaking embarrass Joe Doring. Right. They're going to expose his ass. Uh, then Moose confronts Scott DeMore. Mm hmm. About his uh, losing the world title to Josh Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, then Moore says, winner tonight's main event will defend the title um, <clears throat> against a hand-picked opponent at Under Siege. Which is the Impact Plus pay-per-view that's happening uh, first weekend of June. I thought it was this weekend. No. Oh, okay. Um, 
but yeah, so so basically Moose is getting his rematch later that that, that night. Mm-hmm. And the winner goes on to under siege. Mm-hmm. Um then we get this this vignette for EGV again. No fucking clue who that is. Yeah, so no whatever. Clue. Uh Bupinder Guhar beats VSK. I like that dude. He just needs a better name. Sure, we'll go with that. Um after he needs something match, shortened. Yeah. He needs the um, Vince treatment. After that, he's true. After that, uh, Guhar is uh, approached by Raj Singh, who tries to patch up things. And then Shara, Mahabali Shara, Mm. uh, goes face-to-face with Guhar. Singh holds him back, and so they don't... Whatever. Then, uh, backstage interview with Ace Austin. Um... And then Rocky Romero interrupts the interview because reasons. Reasons. Um, Romero challenges to an X Division title match next week. Austin declines, and whatever. I mean, and like Rocky Romero has only been an impact to do the job. So like, it's impact is starting to fall into that AEW fucking trap where they're like, oh well, this guy did this in Japan, and you need to fucking aim. Like your viewer that is watching this product doesn't know about other products. Correct. Um, remind me again why Macklin beat Saban and Jay White at Rebellion. Because reasons, and like it, and it was the typical indie triple threat ending. Right. Finisher, shit can, pin. I'm guessing is what you mean. Right. I mean Macklin was on the floor outside for most of the match. Sounds about right. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Macklin goes to Demore saying he should be the handpicked challenger for the world title under siege. LOL. Um, then a six man tag, honor no more. Excuse me, eight man. Wait. Huh? Oh yeah, six man tag. It was very. It was written very weird. Sorry. Uh, honor no more defeats Mike Bailey and Motor City Machine Guns. Honor no more was represented by Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett. Yeah. Uh, then. Uh, there was some dissension afterwards. Mike, it looks like they're setting up Mike Bailey wanting uh, Mike Bailey versus uh, Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Bullet Club comes to the ring, brawls with honor no more. Yep, whatever, whatever. Uh, then Josh Alexander has a backstage interview, mm-hmm. and then Taya Valkyries in the ring addresses beating Diana. Mm-hmm. Then Perazzo blindsides her, and then Takei yep. hits the ring. Rosemary yep. is in there. Uh, and Tasha Steeles comes out, I guess. Yeah, basically, um, basically, it's going to set up a whole rigmarole because now they're now they're going to do the smart thing and actually try to have Havoc go for the title instead of right. Rosemary. <laughs> uh, then Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans lose mm-hmm. a tag match to Decay, Rosemary, mm-hmm. and Havoc. Yeah. Uh, and then Master and Tino Dashwood, they have a talk show called All About Me. Oh, fucking great. Um, it was like a backstage segment that was like two minutes long. It went nowhere. Giselle Shaw shows up. Dashwood confronts her. And then Shaw challenges her to a match. And mm-hmm. Madison Rain accepts. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um. And then a vignette of Vincent talking about how PCO is ready for Monsters Ball next week against Jonah. Yep. 
Under Siege. Yeah, it's this weekend. Oh, it's it May, is. It's May seventh. Oh, my bad. My bad. Uh, it's going to be on Impact Plus and YouTube for Impact Ultimate Insiders. Mm-hmm. Alan by Design defends the tag titles against the Briscoes. Ty Valkyrie defends the Reigner the Reigners Championship in a rematch against Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullet Club five on five tag against Honor No More, where the Bullet Club's fifth member will be El Fantasmo. Yep. Tasha Steeles defends the Knockouts title against Havoc. Yep. And then. Josh Alexander retains the world title in the main event of the show against Moose. Which is a pretty short match and kind of underwhelming considering the match they had at Rebellion. Correct. And then Alexander is confronted by Demore's handpicked challenger, which is Tomohiro Ishii. So it's going to be Alexander against Ishii. Which will uh, be a banger of a match. Title. Yes. And that's going to be at the main event of Under Siege this weekend. So yeah. there you have it. Impact, folks. Ishii getting, getting some redemption for that shitty-ass match he had to have with Adam Cole on Rampage. Yeah, basically. Uh, speaking of Rampage, hi, welcome to AEW. You want to get your notes out there, pal? Oh, I've got them. I've oh, got them. By the way, out of curiosity, what are you eating today? Oh, it's just uh, it's a protein bar. Oh, okay, it's I'm a... imagining what you're drinking, so I'm not going to ask what you're drinking. Oh yeah, that's my that that's my that's my uh the the monster uh, ultra fiesta mango. <laughs> oh, it's a monster today. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. By the way, actually, um, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into AEW, shit. Yeah. Um, let's also going out to Mark Briscoe right now. Um, What's I'm not sure on? if the I'm not sure of the update, but the Briscoes missed. Their GCW booking over the weekend. Oh no! Because Mark's wife had pregnancy complications and had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh no! Um, now again, there hasn't been any update that I've seen um, so, or have heard. So crossed. obviously, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so prayers going out to Mark and his wife and the family. Um, but one would assume no news is good news so far. Mm-hmm. Again, um, so obviously our best. For that. Also, one other thing before we get into AEW specific stuff. Um, Cassie Lee and Jess McKay, formerly known as the Iconics, formerly known as what the fuck would the, the inspiration. inspiration? Yeah. Uh, they have announced they uh since their contracts with Impact are done, they are done with wrestling for the immediate future. Doesn't Good they will never come back. I knew you would say that. That's why I was trying to talk over you. <laughs> um, doesn't mean they're gone forever, but um they are done for the immediate future and we'll explore other things, I'm assuming, like Russell Cons and acting, because I know they were taking acting classes and modeling and shit like that. So Yeah. All right. That being said, let's get into AEW stuff. Let's begin with Dynamite. Uh Dax beating Cash in the own heart qualifier. What'd you think of the match overall personally? I was kind of bored with the match. I noticed that they were trying to emulate a lot of the Brett Owen match from Mania 10. Correct. And shit like that. No, I was just kind of like not into it. And, but let's see. The one note I have, let's see. I love how fucking Sockface was just spouting off statistics on shit about these guys pertaining to their time before they were even in AEW. Like, they've had yeah. this many matches together as a tag team in five years of bubble. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. No, they didn't. Right. You're wrong. Shut up. Right. 
Like, oh, yeah. Cash's like second singles match in five years or some shit like exactly. that. Exactly. I said the Basement Goblins will chant, This is awesome for anything. I'm and, a, uh, well, let, let me say this much, at least to defend FTR. Yeah. At least their mild tributes to Brett and or Owen are better than CM Punk's. Very true. And just, just going to put that out there at least. I just want to know how, I really want to know how pissy they are now that Brett signed a Legends contract with Vince. <laughs> Hey, FTR gets Mick Foley to manage them at an indie show soon. Um, and they get well, they still get Brett to manage them at that big time show. Uh, <laughs> fuck them. Uh, so Dax wins, he's in the tournament. Then we have that still uh, doesn't have any brackets. And the finals are supposed to be in four weeks. Yep. Yep. And they've been uh, talking about this fucking tournament oh. for a year. Don't worry, we're gonna we're, it's gonna get better. Don't worry. Um then right after that match, they decided that was a good time to announce that they officially booked their AEW World Title match for double or nothing at the end of the at the end of May, which is gonna be Hangman defending at CM Punk. And then Punk was on com uh, well now I get it, but like it's convenient, I guess. Punk was on commentary for the Dax and Cash match. Then they show the thing on the Tron with the Hangman and Punk for Double mm-hmm. or Nothing, and mm-hmm. then Punk grabs a mic and does like a two-minute promo walking around the ring and the, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the question is, do they turn Punk heel for this or what? Because they changed, they, they turned Danielson heel for no reason to feud with Paige for two weeks. I mean, you have more time to do it if you want than you did with Danielson. But there was no reason to in either case. Right. I don't know. I, I We all know the end game here. I think it just depends on... It all really depends on, honestly. It, it depends on... It depends on a multifaceted situation right now. Okay. So, in the background of everything that hasn't really been in the foreground recently mm-hmm. has been a double... A, a two-pronged issue with, with Hangman Page. The relationship or lack thereof that he still has with Dark Order, which mm-hmm. is shrinking by the minute, which we'll get to in a, at the end of this segment. Yeah. And the kind of sort of teasing of him and the Bucks. I'm not saying Heyman's going to turn heel now, but like. Well, because like, here's what's going to happen. Inklings of it happening potentially. Right. Here's what's going to happen. The. I mean, most more than likely, Punk's going to fucking win the belt because Tony Khan thinks if he puts his title on Punk, all of a sudden his ratings will shoot up, and they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to. So here's what's going to happen. Either Punk's going to win the belt, and that's not going to happen, and 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 Hangman's going to turn heel afterwards going, you never fucking supported me as a champion, yada, yada. Or Hangman's going to fucking cheat to win, and the crowd's going to be pissed off, and then Hangman's going to be a heel and be like, you never supported me as a champion, yada, yada, yada. I kind of like option B there. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but you know something. Ne- neither option is gonna get them more viewers, and that's well, the thing no. that Tony Khan doesn't realize. And because yeah. because Tony Khan's now on this kick of I'm gonna put all the elite together because this goddamn fucking extra pay per view I threw out there, and everyone's gonna fucking flock to it because of the Bullet Club and the elite. No one's gonna care. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe that. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, then we get a uh, Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky pre-tape. Okay. Um, before I, I need to fucking go off on about this. Wow, go ahead. About sure. fucking Scorpio Sky and this 402-day unbeaten streak bullshit. I went like back because... What? He, he only wrestled like a dozen matches in that time, didn't he? Not even. So here... So, so fucking... Oh. I sat there wide awake at four in the morning and fucking figured this shit out in my head. Scorpio won the face of the revolution ladder match on March 7th, 2021. He lost his title shot on March 10th, three days later. He won the TNT title on March 9th, 2022. Mm -hmm. After having less than a handful of YouTube matches in between, he had like four matches on YouTube. That's 364 days. That's not even a fucking year. But AEW has been pushing this bullshit narrative that he went from being undefeated for from for a year to over a year to now 402 days. Math. It's not that fucking hard. Like, I know you I I know AEW's AEW's basement and fucking goblin fans are stupid, but I don't know how many people are that fucking stupid. Maybe they knew that the Steiner Math promo anniversary was coming up. I don't know. I don't give a, like seriously. Like it, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly waiting for like Scorpio Sky to come out and be like, "I've been undefeated for 800 days." Like, no. I mean, it's kind of how the Goldberg streak effectively produced itself. So no, but the Goldberg streak they had ways around it because WCW was actually doing house shows and tapings like that, so they could throw in a smattering here and there. You can't do that with AEW. Plus, you, you Bobby can't Bobby add to make it sound ridiculous, right? But you can't add calendar days. Well, yeah, I know. And it was, was like, and once again, he was undefeated for three hundred and sixty-four days because he only had three matches <sighs> that were squash matches on YouTube in that time. I know. All right. So after the pre-tape, we get uh, BCC beating, uh, beating the Factory. The fucking was, yeah, AEW's job squad that didn't even get entrances. But so that was they don't get Camarado and Marshall. Yeah, they don't get an entrance, but three guys in the fucking the, the, the four guys in the Blackpool Combat Club all get their own entrances. Yeah, that's gotta change at some point, man. That's that is annoying as fuck. I know they love doing the Moxley entrance, but I... if you have Yuda and Danielson come out together, at least you're cutting out one. Do something. You get this whole yeah, it's just. Plus, they're supposed to be a fucking group. How, like, I, 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 I right. shut up. I'll Not shut to up. mention, they called it a trios match. It wasn't a trios match. It was a regular ass six man tag. Right. Like, I'm gonna start making a graphic. But I'm three regular ass six man tag. <laughs> After the match, we had a backstage Tony Schiavone interview with Jamie Hader, uh, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and then Ruby Soho entered the fray as well at the end. And we get a backstage, uh, back-to-back Shivani interviews. This, yep. is good, this is good planning on creative. Um, I do want to go back. I, there was a couple things I wanted to say about the previous segment. Um, the six-man tag? The six-man, yes. The six-man. Okay. No matter how much they shove Yuta down our throats, it's not going to make him a main event player. Well, we knew that. And it kind of sucks that Nick Camarado fizzled out in NXT when he was there. Because I honestly think Camarado and Boogs and Rick Boogs together would be money. 
same build, just a little taller. Yeah, that would work. Like, the, just something. If you put those two together, I think it would be funny. I, I think it would make some money. But I mean, we're never going to know because Camarado's stuck over in bullshit, bullshit land. Correct. Uh, <clears throat> the second Tony interview was Christian and Jurassic Express, which got interrupted by Starks and Hobbs because Jurassic Express, what we're, say, we're about, we're basically saying they're open to facing any top five tag team because we had to make a point to the rankings. Right. Um, that make no sense, anyways. Correct. Uh, then we get Wardlow beating Archer. Archer has not won a match on Dynamite since he beat Moxley for the New Japan U.S. title. Damn. Yeah, that was over a year ago. Yeah, because I was still in COVID country. Wasn't it? No, there were people. There were people. Oh, right, right, right. That's when they just started touring again. That's right. Right. Because that was because remember before, like I wasn't I actually wasn't watching Dynamite until we started doing this, doing this show. It was a couple weeks into this. And I said, fine, I'll actually sit down and watch Dynamite. So that was what. (laughs) Because that was the same show as the fucking strap match between Cody and QT. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this every week because reasons, uh, get rid of Judas. Seriously. That, that was my next. <laughs> Stop fucking coming out to Judas. Uh, what transitions to the Jericho appreciation society, trying to have a sit down with Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. That went well. I, um, that whole segment was like, that was a waste of time. It was a cringe. Yeah. It was ultra cringe. I, I remember my, my note was Jesus fuck. Daniel Garcia is every shit talking hood rat who hangs out outside the brass mill mall, <laughs> which the Waterbury. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. That the, the AEW galaxy, give me a fucking break. Shut up. Yeah. I got, I heard that phrase. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure brass mill mall is the one where I got the U-Haul stuck. Yeah, gotta be because it, it was it was right across from the boys' club that we ran. Yeah, yeah, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, is gonna get demolished soon. The mall or the boys and girls club? The mall. The, the some company just bought up all that property because the mall's been dying. Damn. And that mall's like not even twenty years old. Good. Take down the parking garage. I won't get a U-Haul stuck again. Anyway, the um... <laughs> they just put they just put solar all up on that parking garage. Fuck. Yeah. Um, then we get to a Kavar pre-tape because fuck it, why not? Because we got to do a pre-tape from both guys for the ladder match. Yeah. Uh, then we got deep beating Sheet and probably one of the stupidest street fights I've ever seen in my life. So I, this is the greatest note. And I said it like, and I wrote it down because fucking they're not Philly street fight. Mama. My wife walks into the room. If it's a Philly street fight, there needs to be a minimum of three shanks involved or I call bullshit. Well, New Jack was is dead, so eh. doesn't matter. It's a Philly street fight. There should be three shanks, fentanyl, and it should take place outside of Wawa. Just remember that next time you go to twenty three hundred Arena for some show. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we get an MJF backstage promo where he's clearly teasing W. Morrissey showing up as the next test for Wardlow. Right. And so that's really because he wasn't on the impact tapings on Thursday. Correct. But I haven't heard anything about his contract situation. So, I mean, well, the thing was, I, I, I 
I didn't when he first got there, I heard that he was only on a per diem. Hmm. So he might he might be free. But I mean, even still, like you're gonna be one and done. Khan's not gonna sign you. Right. Like I hope it was worth it. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, then we get your favorite group. Oh, yeah. Malachi is Papa Shango now. The Hot the Black. The Hot the um, Black. So which... the segments. Go ahead. Go ahead. AEW doesn't recycle storylines. Yet back to back, we get. Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb, part 89, and the House of Black versus the same three fucking luchadors that they've been fucking messing with for the last how many months? So the way the segment set up was Fuego Del Sol was laid out at the top of the ramp. Yeah, basically dead. Yeah. He was popping. Um, And the House of Black came out, and Malachi Black was basically going to do a ceremonial mask removal from Fuego Del Sol. Mm-hmm. To which we had a guy dressed like how Alex Abrahantes has been dressing recently in the uh-huh. ring, talking. Yeah. Uh, which allows Penta and Pac to come out and attack the House of Black. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to the ring, they're trying to approach Alex. Mm-hmm. Alex actually comes out from the back talking. Yeah. So when they turn and face Alex and Puck and Pet at the top of the ramp, the guy in the ring takes off the Abrahantes costume and it's the return of Ray Phoenix. Yay. Yay. Um, which we all had to figure was coming at some point soon because of the fact yeah. that he was booked on Triple Mania this past weekend. So Right. Scissor. Um then we get backstage Tony interview. I'm, I can't believe he didn't pop for that. Sorry. Uh backstage Tony interview. <laughs> Because uh, there is there is a reference to that later on. Um, it's from the show you don't even watch. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that was my note was Swerve still can't get on the A show. Backstage Tony interview with Swerve and Darby to preview their own heart qualifier that's going on Rampage that week. Um, like, I really want to know why fucking Tony Khan won't let Strickland have a match on Dynamite. Good question. Like, since he has gotten there, he has not, It's and every match has been on Rampage. And even Keith Lee, he only had that one squash match. Or no, yeah, he only had that one squash match, and then everything else has been on Rampage. But yet, he, but yet, Tony Khan sits here and says, I can't believe any company would let these two go. Motherfucker, you won't even let them on your live show. But you let Hook on your live show. Once doesn't matter more than straight, more than Shane Strickland's been on, anyways. Uh, then we have Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Red Dragon beat the Blondes, Don, uh, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. That was oh my fucking god. And notice fucking Arn and fucking Eye Patch Bitch and all them, like everyone's there huddled in the fucking corner, none of them got an entrance. But every one of the elite got their own entrance. Like Red Dragon, Red Call, Red Dragon got to come out. Adam Cole came out. Then the Bucks came out. Okay, that's right. I forgot. Everyone else is huddled in the damn corner. It's like, gee, you wonder who's winning this bullshit, right? 
Varsity Blondes have been skipping the gym. They've had reason to, I guess. Um, and it was a bullshit finish. It, it looked horrible. The whole match looked horrible because it was like, oh, we're going to put a challenge out to any five competitors. Oh, here's five fucking schleps from the fucking factory. Right. Um, And then, like, it wasn't obvious before, um, Red Dragon and Cole offered undisputed elite shirts to the Bucks, and so they're undisputed elite, although they already were. And then they did the big pose together. Yeah, Fuck all of them. Fuck all of them. Uh, then we get to cut to the back. Cut, cut, cut. Okay. I, this is, I, I need to say something. I need to say something. Mm-hmm. I need to say something. It's probably say something. the same thing I was going to say. Until you lose 20 pounds, Matt, shut the fuck up. Because Matt's the one who grabs the cameraman and drags him to the scene of the, oh. the attack going on in the, the parking garage. Matt, till you lose 20 to 25 pounds, don't fucking speak and don't wear your shirt unbuttoned. Fuck mm. off. Yeah. Um, Eddie Hooser, uh, we get a scene of JAS attacking Eddie Santino and Ortiz in the parking lot, and it ends with Jericho giving Eddie a fireball in the face. Yeah, because, you know, Memphis... But here's the thing that I don't like that, that that made that whole segment make no sense. Number one, it's obvious Tony Khan's playing off old fucking tropes. But the whole thing is you can't have security show up half a second after the fireball is thrown. Yeah, that was bad. Like literally it took like a minute to drag the cameraman over to the part, but secure like it's the entire dichotomy of how that people got right their- there, buddy. Exactly. Like it made no sense. Like, cause obviously, cause obviously Tony Khan is listening to fucking Cornette and Cornette talks about how there's never any security or never any referees. Like, look, I'm in security. Go up. No dumbass. You have to have them there to break shit up. You can't have them fucking come stumbling in 0.5 seconds after the thing has happened. Uh, then we end the night with the TNT title ladder match. Scorpio Sky becomes the champ again by defeating Sammy Guevara. So, so why was Sammy wearing his inner circle vest? I thought he isn't it like pimped out more with different Sammy Guevara shit on it, or is it still? Oh, it still it? had the inner circle fucking logo on the back. And plus, it makes no sense because remember when right before all that shit happened, Sammy took off the vest and handed right. it to Jericho and walked away. Right. He's cheap. I don't know. <clears throat> Gotta love that stupid flippy do and landed on nothing that Sammy did. He was on top of the ladder and he went and he couldn't reach the belt and he saw Scorpio. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a flip. Fucking, Boom, right on his shoulder. The, twicky, the twisty McTwist thing. And, and yeah. I giggled my motherfucking ass off. Yeah. That was like the first high spot of the match, I think. Yeah. 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 Barbed wire ladder. Why? For the fuck of it, I don't know. And because everybody has a barbed wire ladder at home, don't you? And it's a it's a ladder match, so it's no DQ, lazy booking. Why didn't they just have Paige and Lambert kick the shit out of Sammy while Scorpio climbs the ladder? Like they obviously had Paige Van Sant come out and all that shit and fucking do that shit with Ty, which was god awful. Right. But like you obviously have more people in America's top team. That could have just be it. You could have done the fucking Taker and Yoko casket match. Just kick the shit out of them and have fucking Scorpio climb and get the belt, and we're done. Because that match was terrible. I know. And I mean, I could really give a fuck because both of them are trash humans, but still, like, 
this belt, this belt means less than nothing now. <laughs> like everyone, like I, I love how there's been so many people like, cause people are like, you just turned this into the 24 seven title. People are like, no, you see WWE plays hot potato with the belt because they don't know what to do with it. But TNT does it because it's part of a long-term story and how it helps elevate people by pointing it. above. don't you remember the attitude era? Yeah. I remember the attitude era. It fucking sucked. Shut up. Then we get to the show you don't watch. <clears throat> Rampage. <laughs> uh, opens with Darby beating Swerve in the Owen Hart qualifier. Poor Swerve. Yeah. Uh, then we get a Sean Spears pre-tape again teasing W. Morrissey showing up on Wednesday. Yay. Which I'll come back to in a second. I have a reason for it. Uh, then we get the baddies, as they're officially called now. Ugh. Kiera Hogan, Red Velvet, and Jade Cardgill in a six-woman tag. They beat Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, and Trisha Dora. Poor Willow Nightingale, number one. But number two, why the fuck is Red Velvet, like, Red Velvet is best buddies with the chick that kicked the shit out of her for the past two years? I have nothing for you. Like, literally, that's been Red Velvet's whole storyline is I get the shit kicked out of me by Jade Cargill. On occasion, when Jade's busy, I get the shit kicked out of me by Brett. That's been her whole story. I don't know, man. Uh, then we got a backstage interview with Shivani with Darby and Swerve. Swerve basically saying, I'm rooting for you. Represent. Well, I, I, I don't fucking know. Whatever. Uh, then we got Keith Lee squashing Colton. Well, those are technically a squash, but he beat Colton Gunn. Yay. Then we get another backstage Tony interview with the Hardys talking about. Oh. Jeff's going to be in a qualifier. <laughs> yes. So. Again, we'll come back to that. Uh, then we get a pre-tape with Undisputed... Uh, I almost said Undisputed Era. Undisputed Elite. Talking about Bobby Fa- Bobby Fish taking on Jeff Hardy in that Owen Hart qualifier that they just mentioned. Uh, then we get Dan Housen calling out Hook. Um, Hook comes out like he's about to beat the shit out of Dan Housen, but they get interrupted by Smart Mark and Sterling. Tony no, Tony Nese blindsides the two of them. Yeah. And then they send Mark and Nice packing eventually, and they're basically teasing Danhausen and Hook getting together. They're doing RK Bro. Lovely. Uh, then we get a backstage interview by Lexi Nair with Gun Club. Um, and they're interrupted by the acclaimed who asked Gun Club to join forces. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because reasons. And this is why I did the scissor reference earlier because the acclaimed were doing the scissoring thing mm-hmm. when they were asking Gun Club to join them. And then after Gun Club walked away, Max Caster asked Lexi Nair about scissoring. Because that's PG. Oh, fucking Max Caster. Can't stand the kid. Main event, Samojo retains the Ring of Honor TV title over Trent. Was having a post-match interview done. Got cut off by Lethal, Sanjay, and big old Arab guy. Um, Hindu, not Arab. Hindu. Great whatever. value, Kali. Sorry. Um, I can't remember his first. Oh, Satnam Singh. That's what it is. Thank um, Yeah. Um, so, Lethal and... Lethal eventually gets in the ring and him and Joe are going at it. But before Singh and 
or Sanjay get in. Was it security who cut? Yeah, I think it was a bunch of security who cut them off. Because Sink <laughs> couldn't have just swab them out of the whatever. whatever. Um, so a couple. Yeah, so- once again, we had a fucking Ring of Honor title match on AEW TV because Ring of Honor has no TV deal. Right. And the more you do this, the less them titles mean. The more you know, the less they mean. Um. So a couple quick notes that I have. A uh, couple of news notes and then a couple of opinions I gathered mm-hmm. from AEW this past week. Uh, number one, uh, news. So apparently morning of Dynamite. They had to rewrite the show because Hangman Adam Page tested positive for the COVID. <laughs> you didn't know about that? I was unaware. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not the the way they ended up revealing the death the the uh, double or nothing match with Punk was not the original intent. So they had to rewrite and figure that shit out. And yeah, that's how they decided to reveal it because Hangman couldn't be on the show because of the COVID. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, uh, Janella, Joey Janella, and Stu Grayson did not have their contracts renewed, and they've been yep. effectively written off by AEW. Yeah, Janella um, cut a promo at GCW, which was fucking cringe. Correct. And Grayson, he hasn't said anything, but he's been removed from the roster page, so one would assume he done done. Mm-hmm. Uh, then two things I noticed. Number one. Hook has tattoos that look like a three-year-old drew them on him. Mm-hmm. They're just... No. No. I mean, they're drawn by a three-year-old on the body of a 15-year-old, so that doesn't really shock me, actually. <laughs> uh, second of all, so you know how I've been referencing the whole teasing W. Morrissey thing? Yeah. As Wardlow's next opponent? Yeah. But we're still fucking calling it a mystery opponent! Yep. This is your graphic for Dynamite this coming Wednesday. I know it's grainy, so I'll explain it if you're watching on YouTube. Top left, an image of Jericho versus Santana, what they're calling a grudge match. (laughs) Fuck it, why not? Bottom left, uh, I think they're technically calling it a trios match. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) It's Butcher, Blade, and Angelico representing the Andrade family office against BCC. Bottom right, they're teasing Wardlow versus MGF's mystery opponent. Picture of MJF and the WWE vacant, or I should call it the AEW vacant figure in the background. <laughs> well, we know it's fucking W. Morrissey because him and Spears teased it this week. I mean, they teased it, but God knows it could be. They could be fucking Enzo for Christ's sakes. That would actually be pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, just because I want to see. And to oblivion. Uh, top right is Fish and Hardy in the Owen Hart qualifier, which I'm coming back to in a second. Mm-hmm. And then middle of the screen, prominently in the top uh, for the unification of the Ring of Honor women's titles that didn't have to be put in this position to begin with, but fuck it, they did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Deanna, the real champion against the interim champ, Mercedes Martinez, to unify the belts. Um... Now, the reason I'm keeping this graphic up, Mr. Alexander. Yes. Remind me again when death, I want to, I keep wanting to say death before dishonor. Jesus Christ. Um, Remind me again when double or nothing is. Double or nothing is, that's the one that's coming up, right? Yes. So remind me when that. Memorial Day weekend. So three weeks. Thank you very much. When is Memorial Day weekend? Like three weeks or so. Okay. Memorial Day weekend is. We'll include Friday, 
we'll call it 24 days away. Yes. Because because they're going to be in Vegas for that for Rampage anyway. So we'll, we'll right. call it 24 days. Yep. Why the fuck we still have qualifiers for a 16 man tournament? That's got to happen and end almost before your pay per view. Because they haven't figured out the brackets yet. Suck a dick. <laughs> Cody, snort a, snort a lot of coke and double time the brackets. And let's get these fucking matches underway. Yeah. Oh, and on so top I- of that, you're just on top of that. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> on top of that, you need to see me here for this. They haven't finished the women's qualifiers, but we're nope. starting the fucking tournament next week. Yep. What are we doing? Yeah. So I've been getting attacked by basement goblins all week because I've been pointing out shit. Because th- there's a page that I get to reference a lot, which is a great, it's a great Facebook page. If you ever need a laugh, it's called AEW Fans Said What? Oh, God. Um, yeah, the, uh, I, I, they, I've given them quite a few follower submissions. Um, so people actually have been posting shit like how amazing it is that Jeff Hardy is in this because Jeff actually worked a match against Owen and they showed a picture of Owen working a squash match against a 17 year old Jeff Hardy because that counts. He's not even in it yet. It's a qualifier motherfuckers. Well, you know, he's going to be in it because they're not going to put both members of red dragon in this shit. You never know. Uh, they're also not going to have Jeff Hardy lose already. It's Tony Khan. Eh, I know, but, but I mean, so yeah, so there's that. And they're like, Bo, Bo, why can't you? Uh, of course I got called an E-drone because obviously no one, none of them have actually watched the show to know that I criticized WWE just as much as I do. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just unfucking believable because we're, we're stuck in this whole, we're, we're stuck in this fucking loop of we're going to throw everything at the wall for TV and not even worry about our pay-per-view. Like, okay, yeah, you announced Punk and Page for your pay-per-view, which has zero build. Zero. The only build, like, I don't care if you had to rewrite Dynamite this week. The only build it had was they looked at each other on a fucking, on the ramp two weeks ago. Because <sighs> reasons. Like, you can't very well say that, you know, the rankings bullshit because stupid-ass Hook is undefeated because all he's had is squash matches. Right. Like you, you can't even go that route because Punk has a fucking loss against MJF. Like everything, just it, it makes no fucking sense, and it's not gonna fucking matter because no one's gonna care. Go ahead and put your title on Punk. No one's, no gonna, one's care. gonna care. No one's gonna fucking care. No one's gonna care. I just, I, I fucking can't with this company and and the fucking and the fucking Japan pay per view, like. People are still out there making all these fucking making all these fantasy booking shits, like thinking that Wheeler Yuta is going to win the whole Super Juniors thing now. Just he's, <laughs> he's the one fucking he's the one fucking AEW guy in that shit. Like, no, dude, he is not. He, yes. He's gonna he's gonna be lucky to get like two wins in that fucking tournament. Like, oh, uh, and the thing is, like, you know, and the thing is, like, so you know, Khan pushed to have Wheeler Yuta put in there so that there's some AEW representation, right? Yuta's going to lose and lose and lose. And what does that do for your Ring of Honor Pure Championship? Oh, get nothing. Exactly. And like, it's just, you know, so, and like, so all these people are like, oh, yeah, Jay White's going to beat Okada. So then Jay White's going to defend the fucking, uh, fucking uh, IWGP title at, at Forbidden Door. And that leaves it open for Okada to face Danielson and all this shit. Like, no, 
none of this is going to happen. None of it. Nope. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get Wheeler Universe's Robbie Eagles in a like in a in a grudge match from the fucking Super Juniors tournament. Right. Like it'll be a rematch. You, you'll get that. You, you're and like it's I said be before, a glorified New Japan Strong Show. Right. Like I said before, you're going to get you're going to get fucking Jay White and the Good Brothers versus Adam Cole and the Bucks, the fucking Bullet Club versus the Elite. Or they'll make it a five on five and be the and it'd be the undisputed elite versus Bullet Club and they'll bring in El Fantasmo and fucking um just Robinson. Now you're talking. Yeah. And like I said, Juice Robinson. Now Bobby and Kyle want the payday too. Fuck them. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, if they didn't get that, they probably would have been put in there against uh against another fucking J- Japan tag team. But I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. And I know there's probably more I want to say about it, but uh, I, I have more I have more venom to spew against stuff that happened in WWE. So I'm just going to leave the rest of this out to pasture for now. <laughs> OK, speaking of venom towards WWE. Oh, this past Friday. April the so I'm not as mad. I'm not as mad with these releases, but I'll let you go through them and then I'll tell you why. So a bunch of NXT talent were relieved of their duties. Uh, I'm going to work from the bottom, work my way up. These are all in-character names I'm giving, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raylan Devine. Who? Yeah. Uh, Mila Milani. Who? Thank you. Uh, Draco Anthony. He had a couple matches. Not butthurt about it, though. Yeah. Sanjana George, who, who? I'm... I'm gonna. I want to say that might be Sanga, and they couldn't get Waller to say Sanjana correctly, so they just called him Sanga. I could be wrong, which makes sense. And actually, I found out that Sanga was he was in fucking Rinka King years ago. Oh, yeah. So he's been doing this shit for a while. They basically brought him in on a trial basis. They were like, "Now nah, we're good." There you go. Uh, then we get to the the five notable names. This first one I know you're not mad about, Persia Parada. I'm very mad about that one. Really? I love Persia. I didn't like Indy. You've never liked Indy. We know that. I love um, Persia. Harland. That sucks, but we'll get to it. Malcolm Bivens. He, however, he asked for his release, and he's actually been working. He's been working without a contract since February. And there's. Talk that one reason he might have been released is that he said no to managing Omos, hence why MVP flipped off Bobby Lashley onto Omos. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to lie, I would have said no too, but yeah. just saying. Uh, the last two, Dexter Loomis. That's sad. And Dakota Kai. Uh, from what I heard, Dakota was asking for her release too at the same time as Bivens. Correct. Um, and then we got one more release on top of it that asked for their release just yesterday. Uh, yes, uh, news, and th- this isn't just recently, he's been asking several times apparently. Uh, Roderick Strong mm-hmm. is asking out. Um, now obviously, he hasn't been granted his release yet. I, don't oh, I thought know they had, 
Not uh, unless it happened since we started the show an hour ago. I so. thought like yesterday I'd read that they actually had offered it, but I'm going to get to Roddy in a minute. By the way, uh, real quick, Stu Grayson, AW, unable to come to terms on new contracts. So that just confirms that Stu is actually done at AW, like mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Which means Uno is going to be gone soon, too. Probably. Go ahead. So as far as the releases that did happen, um, number one, they're all NXT releases. So they weren't. They can't really fall back on the budget cuts thing because all of them are making minimum wage. They're making seventy-five to eighty-five grand a year. Right. I mean, I, actually, and, and actually, that's more than like like before. Before uh, NXT guys were only making like forty. But uh, so, but I mean, still, so they're making like seventy-five grand. So like Bivens, I I'm not sure if Stokely just wants to back away from the business completely or if he wants to go back to taking bumps like uh maybe he just he's got that bug which i mean but he he stuck it out for his you know he stuck it out for longer than he needed to because he's been he's been done since february and the thing is it's bruce pritchard's fault for not trying to find a way to write him off otherwise like and just kept stringing him along dakota kai she really hasn't been doing much. I've never been the biggest fan of her, but like I said, she's been asking for her out too. She probably just wants to go back to England. Um, because she was England, or not New Zealand, right? You're on you're on mute, dude. Sorry, I had a cough, that's why. Right. Um, I believe Dakota Kai is actually originally from New Zealand. Okay, it is New Zealand. Yeah, my bad. My bad on that. Um and as far as the others go, I mean, like it sucks about Harlan, but apparently he just wasn't getting, he wasn't getting it. And same thing with Draco Anthony. Like he, that was another homegrown guy who was basically a clone of Sean Dean. Right. Um, But I guess they just said they weren't getting it. And if they're not getting it, there's not much you can do for them. No, you're right. You know, it's like, yeah, the kid looks like Brock Lesnar, but if he can't, figure out shit he can't figure out shit so right. sorry dude and like i know he's got to be pissed because he gave up a, he gave up a football career for this but sorry like i nothing i could really do about it dexter i'm sad about because i don't think he got a fair shake um i think he should have at least gotten a, a tryout on the main roster um Did he ever have he ever have uh, any trial matches on the on main event or anything like that? Nope. No. Hmm. I think they just got because he. I think they considered him injury prone, so they probably just got rid of him that way. Um, Persia, I don't understand because she hasn't been there that long. She's only been she's been there a year. Um, well, here's the other thing about it. Stokely was in the middle of all the diamond mine stuff. Right. I was going to say shit and it turned to stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Persia and Dexter were prominent in the whole Dexter, indie Persia, Duke thing. Index Dusha, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously Harland was in the midst of all the Gacy shit. I just, I... I don't know. Like those, those are the four that puzzle me the most because they're in the middle, right, of stuff that's prominently within your programming right now. Right, but that's Bruce Pritchard's fault for not fucking seeing the forest for the trees and being like, these people's contracts are up. I need to find a way to write them off. But you know, they never did. 
Right, exactly. He, That's he, his he fucking wrote, fault. He wrote off Harlan kind of, sort of-ish. Not By just really. not having him there and replacing him with druids for no right. fucking reason. Right. You know, I mean, for Christ's sake, Stokes was on last week. And so last week you had Roderick Strong saying, blah, 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 blah. You two need to win next week or I'm going to ref- or, or I'm going to do something about Diamond Mine. And now here it is this week. Stokes is gone. Roddy's not going to be on well, TV. You shot yourself in the fucking foot. Roddy also, and this is the intriguing part. So maybe they knew they were cutting Stokely when they were doing NXT. Because Roddy was making reference to... Uh, cutting those out that don't agree with his vision. Right, exactly. But still, like, that was left open-ended, and now Stokes isn't going to be there just because. Like, right. if fucking, if if Stokely's been working without a contract since February, fucking Bruce Pritchard has had three fucking months to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But he fucking hasn't, because he's fucking stupid. You're right. You're right. Speaking of Bruce Pritchard being stupid, uh, Let's start our WWE TV recap with NXT. Okay. Because they have like a quasi feature. They have a, a featured TV episode of yeah. NXT. I don't know how to fuck Spring breaking. Yeah. Which is going to be god awful. Um, I like to proclaim something right now. Mm-hmm. I wish I had like a special sounder or something for this. Um, <laughs> thank you. That almost sounded like the start of Cena's theme. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, I like to proclaim that the opening match of last week's NXT was the worst women's professional wrestling match I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, number one, number one, uh, Lash Legend almost killed Nikita, almost broke her fucking neck because reasons. Mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. two, we have Lash Legend openly calling out spots, yeah, like very loudly, very loudly. <sighs> and number three, do we want to talk about that finish, or do we want to talk about that finish? Uh, yeah, good old spin kick to the to the to the appendix. Something <laughs> I don't fucking know. She didn't um, even get her in the rib. She got it here. And apparently, uh, WWE is very high on the future of Nikita Lyons. No, Bruce Pritchard is very high on the future of Nikita Lyons. Bruce just wants his face in her chest. That's what he wants. Or he wants to be, Bruce wants to be a motorboat and son of a bitch, all right? Right, exactly. Like, like oh my God, have mercy like, on my soul. And I can't stand, like, uh, like so, uh, like, usually I'll agree with Cornette on some things, but I know Cornette has rose-colored glasses on things. And he's got rose-colored glasses when it comes to Nikita Lyons because ever since he was told who her trainer was, she's like, oh, well, her trainer's great because blah, 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 blah. So obviously she can't be the one that's bad. No, you can have a great trainer and still be fucking terrible. Trust me. I know. I trained with many people. We had a great trainer. There were many awful people. Just look at Cassie and Jessica. <laughs> exactly. Please. Thank you. Look, look at Dominic Mysterio. He trained under Lance for three weeks, and then probably just listen to Daddy the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But I would, I, I say I'm not sure what was worse, the match or Cora Cora Jade trying to stop Natalia from doing what she was doing. Oh my God. Ugh. I'm gonna kind of sort of use my skateboard, but not really because I don't want to hurt them. But it's gonna look like shit on TV, so fuck it anyways. Exactly. <sighs> Then we had the promo that you mentioned with Roddy and Diamond Mine where Roddy was going 
ham on Diamond Mine and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he revealed that the Creeds were facing Viking Raiders at spring break in the following week. Uh, then we got Von Wagner beating Tony D after Santos uh, attacked Tony while the ref was distracted. Yeah, a heel versus heel match where a heel interferes because we need that. Yep. It's like the worst fucking booking ever. I feel like nobody can decide who the face is. Because you have people cheering and booing for Tony. You have people cheering and booing for Legato. It's because they they're it's it's because of that. It's they need to get out of the goddamn PC. They need to go back to full sale like like it's being rumored. No, that's there's no that was Meltzer. There's no truth to that rumor. Why well, I, I obviously that's and the the thing is they won't go back to full sale because they fit more seats in the PC. Full sale only holds four hundred people. Um, then we get a backstage segment with Tox Attraction and Roxanne Perez. Uh, yeah, th- thanks for coming out, Roxy. You got your whole one week push. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, then uh, Nathan Frazier was going to make his debut, but Grayson Waller decided, fuck you, and attacked the dude that Frazier was going to face before <sighs> Frazier even got to the ring. Then Waller just started talking stupid in the ring, and then Frazier mm-hmm. jumps him, and yay. Now we get Frazier and Grayson uh, this week, right? Or is it a three-way? Yes, this way. This week, it's it's yeah. those two. Uh, then they announced the women's breakout tournament starts in two weeks, which is a brand <sighs> new thing. They, they, and they had vignettes on and off the rest of the show with, with three people that I never fucking heard of. So I guess... I One know. of them has some in, in, indie uh, indie clout. Not a lot, but I think worked down, um, worked down in Texas. Because I was looking them up as it came up. Right. And my assumption would be Roxy will probably be in it as well. I think Lash Legend said something about being in it, maybe. Oh, Christ. I, don't I don't remember. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Um, then we had uh, Tiffany Stratton get an interview backstage, and then she was cut off by Grayson Waller, and they were having this weird... Spoiled <laughs> kid fucking flirtatious bullshit. Right. I, yeah. I don't... I, I, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Because reasons. Then we get uh, what was next? Oh, K- uh, Caden Carter and Casey. I, I mean, Katana. Katana Chance. Chance. Uh, they beat uh, Lopez and Ferros. They beat uh, Team Hispanic Demographic. Sure, you can go with that. That's what I call them. Then we get the Kaylee Raven yet under her new name Alba Fire. Now rule uh, like a word. Then we have Legato in a six. Person mixed tag match, but before we can have the match, somebody jumps Brooks Jensen backstage, so it turns into a handicap match with Briggs and Henley. Because reasons. And Legato wins. Then Natalia and Lash Legend backstage interview. Uh, Trick Williams in the ring. Losing, but in the ring. That's <laughs> shit. Uh, he gets pinned by Solo Sokoa. Obviously, that, we, they teach This is how bored I was with NXT. It was three quarters the way through that match before I realized Solo was facing Trick and not Mello. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty big difference. I know. Height and build-wise. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, then we get Legato backstage. Uh, I think Santos was just referencing Tony D the whole time, if I remember correctly. Yes. 
Uh, then we got Viking Raiders squashing Bladed and Nofe as a tune-up for this coming week against the Creeds, apparently. Yep. Uh, then we get a vignette for Wesley, what they're doing with him, who the fuck knows. Inspirational video. Yeah. And staring off at the sun on the beach. Sunset, Boy. beach, ocean. Sure. Uh, then we get Tony D doing a backstage interview. We're introduced to the two guys that have been helping him out. Who had a match on fucking Level Up last week. They're called Stacks and Two Dimes. Yeah. Because stereotypes. Fuck you. Uh-huh. Um, Mandy Rose beats Roxanne Perez in a title match. Thanks Wendy for coming Chuch. out, Roxy. You're right. done now. Wendy Chu chases them away with water guns. I don't think we even and filled Annette- anyways. Then Toxic Traction's retreating up the ramp. Annette comes down because this is a fucking Roadrunner cartoon. Wendy Chu had the easy button from Staples on her, apparently. That was easy. And then once they get the net off them, Wendy Chu and Roxanne Perez spray silly string all over Toxic The net did. So the net didn't even land on fucking uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, JC Jane. Oh, was it JC? I thought it was fucking Priscilla. No, no, no. Gigi was like. Yeah, but didn't even land on her. So then she goes under it to be like, oh, I'm stuck. It was so bad. That was JC, yes. Uh, Then we end the show with Gacy coming out doing a promo. He's interrupted by Rick Steiner. Oh, he's magically free. Um, Who doesn't even have the Steiner Brothers music that they had for years. Don't even get me started. It's a Michigan fight song. It's free domain. Fuck Exactly. Um. Rick announces that Braun is oh is good to go for a title defense at spring break-in. Braun comes out to take out all the druids that were around the ring because they were going to attack Rick. Gacy eventually puts down Braun and the druids hand. The druids Gacy did the pass belt. the apple with the fucking belt. Like, right. Okay, I have so many thoughts on this episode and on NXT in general. Go ahead. Okay, so the whole episode is trash. Like, it's 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 become a game of can you top this with each week has to get worse apparently like because it went from like literally it was just a few weeks ago where i was like i can find at least one good thing on every episode then it went to this is the worst episode i've seen then it went to this is worse than the worst episode i've ever seen and it keeps getting worse here's the entire tonight's gonna be awful because i'll be goddamned if they fucking sent the fucking Viking Raiders down to NXT to do the job to these green motherfuckers. That will be the biggest fucking... Tra- that's that's worse than having Tommaso tap out to Braun Breaker for the fucking title. Oh, poor Hanson. Right. Like, I understand, like, it, like, it's... All Pritchard is doing is being like, oh, well, this is what Corny did in OVW. He would bring guys down to help get get the younger talent over. So that's what I'm doing. No, that's not the fucking same. It is not the same at all. Like, because all you've been doing is ruining shit. You actually had a good thing going, putting the fucking title on Dolph for those few weeks. And then you ruin that. You bring Natty down. And you're going to have Natty, like, job out to fucking Cora Jade which is going to be fucking awful. You can't bring people that are prominently featured on regular TV and just pluck them down to Florida and have them lay down for someone and be like, now they're a made man. No, that's not how this fucking works. You've sat there and you have fucking, you've trimmed out 
all of the NXT veterans that you had by either putting them up on the main roster or fucking firing them. So now they have no one to work with, which is why you've got Tony D'Angelo working with Santos because Santos is a fucking like they're both they're both heels. But Santos is the closest thing to a veteran you've got down there. Like same thing with like melt like mellow and mellow is a fucking mellow is a ring general compared to a lot of these fucking greenhorns. No, it's sad. What? Because of all the influx of old out, new in, mm-hmm. you know who, is con- who would be considered one of the veteran talents down there right now? This isn't a sad thing from a town perspective. It's just sad considering how much turnover there's been. Mm-hmm. Cameron Grimes would be considered one yes, of the veterans. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He is. But so it's the, the, the product is just, it is on this fucking spiral that the, the show can't be saved at this point. And it's it, the, with the with the way they have it presented right now, the show can't be saved, and the show is only going to get worse. This is what needs to happen. I was having a conversation with a friend, and I, honestly, and this is what needs to happen. NXT needs to go away for a while, and I don't mean be canceled. I don't mean that. I mean they need to take it off of USA. They need to have it go be on only Peacock. That's tough, man. And go back to the way it was. When it was just on Hulu Plus, you can still have it be a developmental and you can still have it in a televised form, but you have to give it less of an audience. Because and then and it has to go back to actually working in front of real live crowds and not just the PC, because you there's no middle ground anymore. At least like even like Attitude Era, if you had new guys coming in. And they they were they were they train under Dory in the fucking factory, not in the factory in the fucking in the warehouse, you know the fucking dojo. Right. And then they could get sent to USWA or to Puerto Rico or somewhere to get fine tuned. These people have nowhere to get fine tuned. They train in the PC, and then boom, you're on fucking national TV, and it doesn't work. They need a smaller audience. There is no smaller audience right now. You took away Evolve. You fucking bought that, so you can't even fucking put them there. There's no OVW. There's no Evolve. There's no Deep South. There's no this. There's no indies that you want to fucking work with anymore. And you can't use the OVW model for national television. The OVW model was there for ter- for for small territorial TV. Mm-hmm. You know, for cable access nine on fucking Saturday at fucking 3 p.m. Like, right. you can't put it in a fucking primetime spot. These people are not ready. Let me give you a list of names. Actually, before that, first off, I want to give a slight correction. Sangha is not technically gone. So whoever okay. the guy was that was released. Oh, okay. My bad. Okay. My bad. It's not Sangha. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I want to clear that up, number one. Number two, I'm gonna give you just a list of names off the top of my head by looking at the rosters right now. Mm-hmm. These are who would be considered your veterans essentially right now in NXT. Right. On the male and female side. Right. Um so one would be obviously Cameron Grimes, like I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say all three guys in Legato technically, yeah, would be considered veterans at that point. Well, at for at the very middle, at, at the very uh, minimum, obviously uh, Santos, Santos, and uh, and uh, Zima Ion, Joaquin. Yeah, yeah. Um, technically, Fabian Eichner is still considered NXT. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, for the guy side, I guess Wesley. Well, yeah. Um, and 
Roddy, as long as he's still there. Yeah. Other than that, I guess you could say Grizzly Gun Veterans. Yeah. Which yeah. God knows how much longer they're going to be there. Right. On the female side, I guess we'll call Mandy Rose just because she's been on the main. and back But she's fucking terrible. Uh, Candice LeRae, but she's been on maternity leave for months now. Mm-hmm. Um, Io Shirai. Shirai. I guess Indy Hartwell? Uh, yeah, and I and I guess Kaylee Ray. Right. Oh, uh, even even earlier than Kaylee Ray, you still had uh Kaden and Katana. Right. Uh, Wendy Chu, maybe? Even though yeah. she's gone through like three different characters at this point. Yeah. I uh Right. Yeah. They just they can't sustain what they are on right now. You can't just you can't just keep throwing people because then you're gonna you're gonna keep getting these cuts where they're like these guys didn't get it. And the thing is, yeah, some guys just some guys just don't get it, and that's the way it is. But you can't very well say these guys don't get it when you fucking throw them to the wolves on national TV and they have a couple of shit matches, and it's just like, dude, like you put them in a fucking situation where like you can't keep putting in people putting people in a sink or swim situation every fucking week. It doesn't work like that. You people need and and this was the this was the the metaphor that I gave that really stuck. Um, as far as because like because I've always been a, I've been a proponent of NXT since NXT became the developmental. Right. Like I, I hated the game show, but I've been a proponent of it since since its inception as developmental, and where it was like ha- you had to find a way to seek it out. You don't. There's a reason you don't get to see Pawtucket Red Sox Red Sox uh, fucking games on ESPN. They could have kept it with Red Sox. It's okay. It's still. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you find that on your local TV station. You don't see AAA minor league stuff on ESPN or on Fox or on NBC. You're right. It's, it doesn't work that way. So here's the innate problem, though, that they have with the TV deal right now. And I'm not saying I disagree with you, but here's the problem they have. When they made that deal, it was back when they had their indie-rific roster. Exactly. They had a legitimate product on their hands. Right. Now they've kind of just fucked themselves at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in a way, they've, they've kind of fucked USA. Um, exactly. So you know what they need to do? They need to renegotiate the contract with USA to keep the programming time, get it so that they don't have to do live, and replace that with fucking superstars or main event. Take uh, NXT off or of USA. Cut, or, or cut NXT down to one hour. I mean, I, I agree with the whole taking, like, don't do it live anymore. Cut yeah. NXT down to one hour. Mm-hmm. And you could either do NXT and NXT level up, promote that yep. from Peacock onto um, yep. main programming. Option B, if you have it in the can early enough, you could move NXT UK from Peacock on. Yes, exactly. UK. That was going to be my other thing is do one um, like, yeah, exactly. That way it's still technically a two hour NXT block. Right. Um, And let people get familiar with NXT UK because it, God knows fucking... There's people that don't know jack shit about NXT UK. Right, like we don't really know anything about Nathan Frazier aside from like you, me, and the fly on the wall. Exactly. Or A-Kid. Look, fucking poor A-Kid. Where yeah, is he de- now? He, yeah, he debuts and then disappears after the, the ladder match qualifiers. Yeah. Right. I don't know. You know, 
it's just it's it's unbelievable and it, but like and they can't just keep Pritchard can't just keep plucking people from the main roster to put there willy-nilly because that's that's going to end badly I mean what next we're gonna see the fucking street profits do the fucking job to the green brothers let, let, let me ask let me ask a question that'll really hammer this home for everyone assuming Braun retains tonight where do you go from there with Braun Breaker your only option is Carmelo Hayes. Like that's a that's a legitimate question to ask. Mm-hmm. Like where the fuck do you go? Right. Whereas if they had kept the fucking title on Dolph, they could have had this program running all the way. They could have had fuck. They could have had Braun chasing that fucking title until the end of the summer, mm-hmm. and then win it. Yep. And maybe give him some credibility. Because now, literally, because I'm sorry, but you're not. They're not going to put the title on Joe Gacy. They're not. Unless they're that stupid and they're going to try to bring Braun up to the main roster next week. Right. And here's your setup, by the way, for spring break in, which is tonight as we are recording this on Tuesday, May the 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your, your rundown that's been publicized so far, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Creed's taken on the Viking Raiders. Uh, Nathan Frazier has his official NXT debut match against Grayson Waller. Mm-hmm. Core Jade Nikita Lines in a tag match against Lash Legend and Natalia. <laughs> Cameron Grimes in a triple threat for the North American title against Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sokoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NXT title, Braun Breaker defends against Joe Gacy. And then a, a sit-down of Godfather proportions between Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar. Did you mention the tag match? The Green Brothers and the Viking yes, Raiders? that was the okay. first one I mentioned. My yes. bad, my bad. So five matches and a sit-down segment are booked as of right now. A sit-down segment after we just saw a sit-down segment on fucking Dynamite that went nowhere. Well, one would think WWE Creative would be a little more. It's, well, it's Bruce Pritchard. Right. Like, you, know what's and, gonna lead, you know what's going to lead to? It's going to lead to a six-man tag match coming up. Well, yeah. And that's going to lead to a blow-off match at the In Your House event they're going to do over the summer between Santos and Tony D. Uh-huh. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be. And no one's going to be here because it's heel versus heel. Six man tag, Santos, Tony D. Right. And it's heel versus heel the whole time. So no one fucking cares unless you're going to flip Legato. Like, right. no one fucking cares. Like, that's. It's. It's. You can't do matches for the sake of matches on fucking national TV, Bruce. You fucking moron. I don't know how many times I fucking have to hammer this home. Matches for the sake of matches hardly works on the fucking indies. Let alone this shit. And then, okay, so I got to get back to Roderick Strong. This fucking moron. I'd never liked Roddy. I've worked with Roddy. He's a fucking arrogant piece of shit. You've said that before? Yeah. This motherfucker wants out of his contract now. He just re-signed in November. Mm -hmm. After everyone else had been released or was not renewing, and after his fucking wife had been released. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the thing, go go ahead. Go, you know something? Grant him his release. Grant him his release and watch Jerry McDevitt come knocking on Tony Khan's door. Because if his ass shows up on Dynamite, that's contract tampering. They already had a case with fucking Keith Lee. Now they're going to fucking hammer it home and be like, we know you've been talking. And guess what? Now you're going down. You want to talk about how much money you got, Mr. Billionaire Boy? Let's see if you got a lawyer as good as Jerry McDevitt. And he can go circle jerk with Daniel Garcia over the PWG title if he wants. Oh my fucking God, seriously. 
Like, oh, I couldn't believe when I saw that shit. Oh, Daniel Garcia is a pro wrestling gorilla champion. Yay. When's the last time pro wrestling gorilla had champions that weren't featured on fucking TV somewhere else? There's a trivia question for you. It's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. I don't have the answer to right now. I'll try to get back to you on that. Because the fucking House of Black are still the fucking tag champions there. The House of Black. The House of Black. The, what are they? The, the, the Knights, Knights of, of the Black, the Black Throne. Throne. Or they're, I think they're called something else there, too. Oh, God. I think you're right, actually. I can't remember what they're called. I think they're only the Knights of the Black Throne or the Kings of the Black Throne or whatever in AEW, and there's something else there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get on to the pre-taped SmackDown we got on Friday night. Nothing really very important, honestly. Uh, Ricochet defended against Shanky. Yeah, and he beat him. Which, Yay. yeah. Uh, before that, though, we had Drew beating Sami Zayn in a steel cage match. Mm-hmm. Charlotte had the backstage interview. Uh, happy talk. Baron Corbin threatens to destroy the Andre statue. Moss attacks him before he gets the chance to and regains the statue. Yeah, Moss with a sledgehammer. I didn't use it. He threatened Still, to. though, just having Moss yeah, with a sledgehammer, just like, no. No, whoever wrote this is stupid. Mm. No one in WWE um, ever, ever, ever should use a sledgehammer ever, 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 ever again. Trips is retired. No sledgehammers ever. Okay. Uh, Ricochet retains IC title. Shanky gets scolded by Jinder at the match. Shanky and looks out on him. So they're yeah. trying to put Shanky face, it looks like. Who cares? You, no one's going to care about Shanky. Veer Mahan is a completely different situation. We'll get to Veer Mahan. I love Veer Mahan. Uh, you just like him because he takes. No, he takes advantage of smaller people. Listen, um, Zika Masala Rusev is awesome, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> now we get a Raquel Rodriguez doing a backstage interview, then squashing the shit out of Kat Cardoza in, a, in her debut match. That bitch, she gave that bitch way too much offense. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, then we get a pre-tape of Gunther and Ludwig. Um... RK Bro and the Usos contract signing. Chaos ensues. Now Roman we don't and, get the unification match. Right. Roman and Drew get involved. So now we've gone from the tag title unification match to a six-man tag with Roman and Drew being added for backlash this coming Sunday. I'm pretty uh, sure they did that so that they can hold off and the, unifi- the, the tag title unification is going to be a ladder match at Money in the Bank. So three ladder matches in the same fucking card? Yep. Because reasons. Please no. I hope you're wrong. That's a ladder match. I really fucking hope you're wrong. They need selling points to fill that stadium. You already have two ladder matches. No. There's no need for a third. They used to have three. Huh? When they had the separate, what do you call it? When, um, or no, did they, there, there had to be one year where they did the women's and they also had one for SmackDown and one for Raw. Back when they saw the world title, not the not the universal. Right. The ones winning the bank. Because there used to be two men's. There used to be two men's, remember? And I'm almost positive it was one year there was two men's and a women's. I'll I'll work on that. Yeah. Anyways. Um 
what else? I mean, hey, TNA used to have an entire pay-per-view of cage matches. So. Uh, <laughs> then we get uh, Naomi beating Shayna with Natty and Sasha getting in the mix after the match. They pretend that Shayna broke Naomi's arm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. Reasons. Um, and I'm looking at the wrong pay-per-view to figure out this Money in the Bank thing. Good job, Brian. <laughs> um then we get Woods beating Ridge Holland, followed by Sheamus beating Kofi, and then Ridge putting Xavier Woods through a table. Good to see he didn't try to break his neck this time, mm-hmm. too. But now there's a tables oh. match coming this week. So, God knows. like Ridge Holland should not be allowed on TV right now. I'm sorry. Well, we've discussed that. Uh, then we get another pre-tape package with Lacey Evans. I'm not even going to ask you your opinion. I'm just going to go with it. Um, <laughs> then we get... Why is there no... That's weird. Uh, then we have the Beat the Clock Challenge because we really fucking needed it. A Beat uh, the Clock Tap Out Challenge. Oh, I Quit Challenge, not a yeah. Tap Out Challenge. An yeah. I Quit Challenge. <laughs> uh, Ronda makes Shotzi quit at 141. Poor Shotzi. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte can't beat Aaliyah quicker than the 141. So Ronda wins the Beat the Clock Challenge. Because, again, reasons. We really fucking needed that before their I Quit match at uh, Backlash. Yeah. What the fuck ever. Um, I, I have a very, very... I don't know if it's... How should I put it? I'm not exactly sure if this is a, a controversial take I'm about to give, but I'm going to give it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um. It's probably something you might have said before, and I just don't remember it, but I'm going to fucking say it anyways. Mm-hmm. I want you to look in my eyes when I say this. Ronda Rousey can't wrestle. <laughs> She's sustainable. She's never going to be a ring general. She's sustainable. <laughs> She can't wrestle. <laughs> She's a glorified MMA fighter who Listen, happens to know three wrestling moves. Compared to Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir, she's well, fucking Ric Flair. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not even fair. That's not even fucking fair. Don't ever say that again. Why not? They were part of her crew. That's unfair. They got, and they trained at the PC longer than her. That's unfair. Just saying. Yeah, but she had Kurt Angle to fucking train with. Dominic Mysterio had Lance Storm. I wouldn't put Lance Storm on Kurt Angle's level exactly. Close, but not quite. Bruh. They'd take Lance over Kurt any day as a trainer. One. By the way, nothing I've against Kurt, but. I've worked my way back to 2018 so far and seen only two matches on each, but I'm going to keep going and looking. Um, let's move on to the two weeks of Raw we got to cover quick. I'll just bring up bullet points at this point. Number one. How do you, uh, just because we touched on it briefly for a second, how do you feel about them getting rid of the tag title unification match and putting Drew and Roman into the mix for this? Um, I feel like... 
a woman. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, I, I don't mind it because obviously it's gonna. This is gonna be the catalyst to build up a whole bunch of stuff over the summer. You know, right. obviously the blow off being Drew and Roman finally getting a one on one in fucking Wales, but Probably. um, I, it it feels a little bit like bait and switch considering they did it a week away from the pay per view. Like they've been working on it, working on it, like we're going to unify, we're going to unify, we're going to unify. And then, ah, no, no, we're going to do this instead. Because I feel like something happened where like Roman is still a little dinged up from Mania. So they don't want to put him in a singles match or Nakamura is hurt. And that's why they, because we were supposed to get Roman and Nakamura. And then they were just like, nope. So there had to have been something that happened with someone as far as like what they're physically capable of right now. And that's why they're doing this instead. But I mean, it did seem a little odd for, you know, it's your, it's your post WrestleMania pay-per-view and the champ wasn't on it. So they found a way to put him on there. At least they didn't do the dumbass Russo booking where they made it a six man, but still had the titles on the line. Because that would have been dumb. Yeah, that would have been really, really fucking dumb. So, yeah, let's be happy that didn't happen and move on. Right. Um, I'm sorry. This this Ezekiel KO shit just keeps stealing the show every fucking week. <laughs> I can't help myself, man. It's I, funny. And it doesn't matter how many fucking people you drag into it. It doesn't matter if you drag Cody and, or the Prophets or RK Bro into it. Ezekiel, it's I am f- Ezekiel. Ezekiel is me. It's a fucking smash everywhere. I'm 4,000 years old. I, I fucking love what those two Daddy, are doing. daddy, daddy, daddy. I just, I, I can't even. I can't even. I'm going to name you Ezekiel Jesus Ezekiel. Because that's from the Bible. I can't even. What are you Daddy, da- daddy, daddy. By the way, I figured out the, I figured out the answer to our Money in the Bank questions. Okay. So the first women's winning the bank match was 2017, and by then they had moved to having. Um, oh, okay. One, yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, and the and the, the last couple of years before the the three years before that, 2014 to 2016, mm-hmm. they only had that's when they had the, they had belts. the two men's. Yeah. No, they had the belts merged at that point. It was oh. the world heavyweight title. Oh. With um. So they had one Money in the Bank ladder match. They oh. had there were two of those three years. They did have a ladder match as well for the World Heavyweight Title. Yeah, but there was only one technical Money in the Bank ladder match those three years. Oh, okay, so those my years. bad. Yeah, because they had to unify the belts because reasons. Um. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh what else do we have? Um. We had, uh, yeah. Veer Mahan kicking ass. Veer Mahan still being Veer Mahan. <laughs> um, this Lashley and Omos thing just it won't go away. Yeah, that's yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Yeah, I turned Os- it off oh. last night before seeing Cedric do the job to Omos. So. Right. Uh, we have Oscar back. Yep. Uh, she interrupted Becky in the ring. Last week and then this week she was part of a six woman tag main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Liv Morgan got the pin on Sonya Deville. 
Oi. Uh, uh, Sonya's teammates were Becky and, and Rhea. Rhea. Asuka's teammates were Bianca. Excuse me. Um, Asuka and Bianca were Liv's teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, they're, they're trying to... I think they're... I don't know what they're trying to build Liv for, honestly. And why she had to get the pinfall there. I don't either, but we're going into WrestleMania Backlash without a women's title match on it. Like, if anything, Liv pinning Rhea would have made more sense. Well, we got the Charlotte title match. We don't have a Raw women's title match, is what I'm saying. Right. Um, true, we don't. Yeah, they don't have anything really set up for that Do that right now, do they? Because mm-hmm. they had the whole Sonya thing blow up the week before on Raw when Bianca had to face uh, Sonya mm-hmm. and Sonya was abusing her power and all that shit. Imagine if they decided money in the bank instead of a briefcase, they decided to do a unification of the women's belts in the ladder match. Mm, no. Why not? With having Charlotte and Ronda on the card already? No. At Money in the Bank, not Backlash. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. Possible. Okay. Yeah, possible. I that just don't know. That would be a selling point. You would have thought they would have, unless they're really not using Bianca this weekend. Because it is this Sunday, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not losing my mind. This is Mother's Day coming up, right? The last opportunity they had to set up a Bianca title match was last night, and they didn't do it. They did a six-woman tag instead. I'm I'm confused. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, Just trying to think who the fuck even... Did they just replay? I don't know. Do you really not have your Raw Women's title on the pay-per-view? Not doing it. That's... Yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. um, So Edge's stable is called Judgment Day. They're the Temple of Purple. Or... A ripoff of what Wendy Chu was doing before she became Wendy Chu. Oh, and she was Mei Yi? With uh fucking what's his face? Uh, ba- uh da, da, Boa ba- and Boa uh and Zia Lee. Yes. He has a throne. He has special lighting. But he's not four thousand years old. <laughs> and he doesn't well he has long hair, so he could pull off the look. He wanted to. They're the Temple of Purple. The and they're going to have purple. a third member on Sunday. They're, they're the purple team on uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, <laughs> they're going to get a third member on Sunday. This is something I need to say for the Basement Goblins. Mm-hmm. Just because AJ and Finn did the two sweet does oh not God. mean we're going to have a Bullet Club in WWE. Does no one fuck up? Does no one fucking remember that AJ was the one that replaced fucking Devitt as the right. leader of the Bullet Club it's by not attacking him? Because they were never together to begin with. Exactly. I fucking hate every time. It's like blah, 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 Bullet Club. It's like there was never a time where AJ and fucking and and Devitt or fucking Devitt and fucking Omega or any of them were ever in the fucking Bullet Club at the same goddamn time. Well, wrong. Omega AJ replaced Devitt. 
Omega replaced AJ. Right, but Omega was technically in Bullet Club for a little for a hot minute with AJ, and then he overthrew AJ. I want to say it was right. the day after Dominion. It was after AJ lost the title match, and everyone knew he would gotten signed to WWE. Right. Oh, so it was after what the fuck is their usual November show? I want to say no, usually November is a big blow off show for New Japan. Uh, yeah, remember. but yeah, but it's the case of everyone's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like everyone, no one understand. No one has actually like, it's the same thing of people know about New Japan, but they right. don't actually pay attention to right. it. But they're like, oh, well, Wikipedia says that this guy was in the Bullet Club and this guy was in the Bullet Club, which means they must have been in it at the same time. Right. No. And, the re- and the reason, and to, to really get it right, okay. The whole reason there's two there's a storyline reason, then there's the real reason. The mm-hmm. storyline reason Finn was thrown out of Bullet Club is because he was too sportsmanlike with Taguchi when yep. he lost the when he um when he lost the junior heavyweight title to him. Mm-hmm. And that match also had a uh uh title versus contract stipulation because mm-hmm. Finn was going to WWE. Mm-hmm. And that's why Bullet Club threw him out. Mm-hmm. And then later that night was when AJ showed up. Mm-hmm. So it's like people can't. Ah, anyways. And I just um, had this debate with someone last night where they're like, no, AJ was in the bullet club the same time as Devin. No, he wasn't. No, no. It was separated by two and a half hours. Exactly. Devin opened the show by losing and being dropped out of bullet club. They closed the show with Styles attacking Okada and joining bullet club. Exactly. Go read the fucking results. Not that hard. It's easy to find. It's called Wikipedia. It's if you ask any of these fucking basement goblins, they'll tell you that the original Bullet Club was AJ and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Finn. No, the original Bullet Club was Fergal Devitt and Bad Luck Folly. And that was it. Tomatonga. Even the gorillas didn't get added till much later. The the OG Bullet Club was just fucking Fergal oh, right. and Carl, An- Carl Anderson was was next. Right, right, That's right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, the twenty four seven title stuff is just fucking poor shit. They need to get rid of that fucking belt. It's terrible. The only thing making it bearable ever is our truth being our truth. Right. That's the only thing saving it. Right, the, the the wedding thing, and now Dana Brooke wanting a divorce, and blah, blah. and like once again they had that bullshit. They did it last night where they had a twenty four seven title match where the rules of the twenty four seven title were suspended for the match. That doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, technically they did the thing with the thing with the hardcore title when I had the twenty four seven rules, and they suspended the twenty four seven rules during the title matches. Yeah, that's fine because the tw- because for that. The 24-7 rule was instilled by a worker who held the belt. The right. hardcore title was never called the 24-7 title. And they well, never yeah. said that would be like having a match for the hardcore title where you could lose the hardcore title by disqualification. True. Um and then one other thing, we had another return. <sighs> Mustafa Ali is back. Insufferable. Apparently- Apparently trying to go after the U.S. title and not anymore. Now he got to deal with Big Daddy Chapa. The Miz is in the midst of the midst of it, but also after both of his matches, both last week and this week, Ali got attacked by Chapa. So that's yes, right. 
yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Go get uh, stopped by Chompa, then go whine on Twitter again. Fuck off. So the uh, the card as it looks like right now, six matches for WrestleMania Backlash this weekend. I'll run through them quick. Uh, Lashley versus Omos, because everybody wants to see that rematch. Uh, Happy Corbin against Mad Cat Moss, because everybody <laughs> wants that blow off. Terrible. Uh, AJ Styles versus Edge with Damian Priest banned from ringside because of which AJ means, beating Priest on Raw. Which means they'll get a third member now. Correct. Um, the six-man tag I met, we mentioned, Drew and RK Bro against the Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody versus Seth Rollins 2. Well, I say two because I'm assuming there's going to be a third and I, that that's going to win. And then uh, the I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's title, Charlotte defending it against Ronda Rousey. Which will probably close out the night. It's very possible. Very, very possible. Um, That being said, that's all I've got. I got a few things to talk about. Uh, go ahead. First, I'd like to talk about the whole Dark Side of the Ring thing because God knows there's been a thousand things that have come out in the past days. So, of course, people like Meltzer and fucking Dirt Sheet Radio got to go and report bullshit where they said said that it's been canceled. And then Vice comes out on fucking Twitter and goes, we didn't cancel it. Yeah. (laughs) And on top of it, apparently Vice let the cat out of the bag that not only is... Dark Side of the Ring getting a season four, but that another project with them, I think it was. Yeah, the two producers of it are working with uh, Rock's production company, Seven Bucks, to do a territory show. That's right. Which is they've already got Jim Ross, and they said it's gonna. So what I saw was people like, oh, it's kind of gonna kind of kind of be like table for three, but with more people. I was like, oh, so it's gonna be like the Legends Roundtables that they used to have on the WWE on demand service. Yep. Which you can still see on Peacock. Uh, like you can, there's still quite a few episodes of that. But basically, yeah, it's going to surround the territories, and it's going to like I guess because they're doing one on Mid South. That's going to be Jr. and Jake the Snake, and uh, I forget who else they said they were going to have on that panel. Which is really funny because supposedly Jr. went on record saying that after the last season he would never work with these guys again. But yet here he is because money talks. Um, I guarantee the fourth season of Dark Side of the Ring is going to be way more sanitized. Because. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, they had to just for the Jerry McDevitt episode. No, they had to work with WWE throughout the entire past season. Right. So. We'll see what kind of episodes we get. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know how sanitized it's going to be because they could still do controversial shit as long right. as it's not covering WWE based issues. Right. Like but, the UWF episode was fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I feel like that series has peaked. I would tend to agree. Yes. Because um, how many more issues can you do? Can you cover without it bleeding into something WWE related? I mean, there's plenty of issues you can cover, but there's a, cause some of the things like, I'm sorry, but the, like the Owen Hart episode they did for the season finale of season two mm. was one-sided and awful. Correct. It was factually, factually, they left out so much shit. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and it was only to placate to Martha. Right. And really, like, I'm surprised they haven't gone back and edited that. They fucking like dubbed over her lines to be like, I'll never work with WWE because I hate WWE. Like, because <laughs> dumb right. bitch all of a sudden has no problem working with AEW when she said she wants nothing to do with wrestling. Money talks, baby. Exactly. And just, um, it's like every time they go to cover something, they're just like, oh, this is going to be the most controversial episode we ever have. And then it just kind of, meh. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the whole steroid trial thing. I mean, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, but they hardly covered anything in it. They were just like, man, I mean, like, like I'm sorry, but like, like the UWF was episode awesome was blow great. for blow on what the trial was. I exactly. Mean. The UWF episode was great. The New Jack episode was great. The Bruiser Brody episode was great. They had good episodes. Yeah. Um, but they they also had some that just weren't that great. And like everyone that says like, oh, the plane ride from hell episode ruined everyone's careers. Well, like, I'm sorry. They're like, oh, it canceled Ric Flair. Really? Because I still see Ric Flair's Car Shields commercials. And I'm pretty sure WWE just did an episode of Evil on Ric Flair. So I'm pretty sure Ric Flair hasn't been canceled. Oh, they canceled Tommy Dreamer. I'm pretty sure Dreamer's still getting booked at Indies all over the fucking place. So I'm pretty sure Tommy Dreamer hasn't been canceled. Like, it's just unbelievable. So, like, we just have to see, like, where it goes. And, you know, they obviously haven't announced a season premiere date for season four. Because the whole thing was Vice released their their 2022 to 2023, like, release block of all their shows. And apparently Dark Side of the Ring wasn't listed on there. And so that's when it was like, they didn't get renewed. Exactly. But, But then Vice came out in their defense. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on that. The other thing I wanted to touch on, speaking of people being canceled, um, I must have missed this because I don't know what you're about to talk about. Oh, you know what I'm going to talk about. So a certain someone pulled themselves off a GCW show this past weekend. Oh. And uh, I'm going to talk about this. Um, because, you know, obviously, you know, I'm one of the first people to talk about when someone's a shitbag in this industry and needs to be called out. This is not one of those times. Because right now, and if months from now something comes out where I am proven wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. I, I will preface all of this right now by saying that. If I end up being wrong in this, I will admit that I am wrong and I will renege anything that I am saying thus forward. However, right now, Chris Dickinson is being gaslighted. Um, I've worked with Chris Dickinson on several occasions. I know many people that have known Chris for years, and these allegations against him are bullshit. Uh, For those who are unaware, last week, basically within a week of it being released that Chris Dickinson got signed full-time to New Japan in Japan, his ex, Christina Von Erie, came out with a whole bunch of allegations saying that he abused her and all this stuff. And that he's a piece of shit and yada, yada. All he's ever done is say, is talk shit about women's wrestling and all this. And, you know, the world needs to know how much of a piece of shit he is. So number one, and I hate to sound like the guy that's like, you know, because obviously we live in a society where we tend to believe the quote unquote victim before the person they are accusing. Mm -hmm. 
And I hate to sound like one of those guys that's just like, well, why did you wait so long? Blah, 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 blah. But in this case, they broke, they were in a relationship years ago. I remember when they were in a relationship because it was one of those insufferable indie wrestler relationships where it was, if you want to book me, you got to book my girlfriend too. They broke up in 2014. That's eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And in her entire tirade, she came out and said like one of the worst things he did was basically she had, she had a chihuahua that, that, that she had that died of old age. And the day that the dog died, he sent her a text sending his condolences. And she was like, that was a piece of shit move. You fucking asshole. Like, because he said, I'm sorry, your dog died. That makes no sense to me. Like that's someone who says, you know something, we ended on bad terms, but I know how much this pet meant to you. So I'm reaching out and right. giving some sympathy. Like, how is that a, how is that a dick move? I'm still trying to figure that out, but here's the other thing. So Dickinson came out and said, I never abused her. I know he's like, I never laid a hand on her. I don't know what she's talking about. And uh, basically like he came out right away. Like usually when a guy's guilty, especially in the wrestling industry with, with what everything that happened with speaking out and everything. If a guy got called out and you knew that he was called out, they would fucking deactivate their Twitter and fucking go run and hide and shit. They wouldn't come out automatically and say, these allegations are false and I will stand by this and I will provide proof if need be. Usually they just turn tail and run or they ignore it completely and just, they no sell it. Chris faced this head on. And of course, the thing was, people are like, oh, so you're saying you never physically abused her, but what about all the emotional abuse? Like, okay, I will tell you this from seeing it happen. It was a toxic relationship for both of them, but it was at the point where Chris Dickinson could not acknowledge another woman in her presence without her thinking he was cheating on her with them. That's pretty Lit- Literally. Ran into Carol once. Carol was like, yeah, you worked with my husband, blah, 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 blah. And she's standing in the periphery and he's like, I don't know who you are. Because she's giving him the look of death like, who is this bitch? And I know you fucked her. Mm -hmm. She was that nutty. I don't have all the details, but I do have one quote that I can say is, is from another, from a coworker. And there is a reason Shimmer stopped booking her. And that's all I can say on that matter. But she is a toxic individual. Apparently, she started doubling down on all this shit. She claims, she claimed the day this came out last week, because I think it happened on Tuesday. She said that she has a photo of her face after he slapped her. Mind you, this is the only time he claimed she claims that he abused her, but he's, she says that he slapped her and she took a picture and she has the proof. And she will provide the proof in just a little bit. That was a week ago. Uh-huh. She still hasn't provided this photo. And when they, when she's been asked about it, she says it's on an old iPhone from 2014. I hate to break this to you, but all Apple products have been cloud-based since 2011. So you don't have to go find the old phone. It's on the fucking cloud if you actually do have it. Just pointing that out. And so on top of it, because of all this bullshit, Dickinson pulled himself from the, from the GCW show on Saturday. 
he issued a statement saying, I'm pulling myself out because of all these allegations. And in it, he said, I'm lawyering up. Good for him. Exactly. And that is a sign of, I'm sorry, but yo, when, when yo, allegations came out right, right at the beginning, he says, I'm lawyering up. That means that he's got more proof than she does. <sighs> Damn shame. Damn it shame. is. I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, and it's just, it's, it's jealousy. It's complete yeah. jealousy because oh, he got signed because she hasn't worked in years. Mm-hmm. No one wants to book her anymore because they know how toxic she is. Yeah. And it's, it's a damn shame. And like I said, if, like I said, if word comes out months from now that I'm wrong about this, I will say that I am wrong, but this is someone that I have worked with that I know many people have worked with who has always been on the up and up. And like, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. Like the bullshit that this dude's going through. Mm-hmm. And like, and I checked, I was sitting there checking on like the you know, trends on Twitter and everything. And the thing is like, she's only got like a handful of people that are siding with her. And it's the typical, it's the typical Twitter stands that are all like, Oh my God, Christina Von Uri, I jack off to you every night. I'll believe everything that you say. <laughs> Sounds about right. Exactly. That's all it is. Like it's it's utterly it's preposterous. It's beyond ridiculous. It's fucking preposterous. Dude doesn't deserve this shit. No, I agree. Anything else, sir? I don't think so. I think that's everything. All right. Well, that's been episode forty eight of Void Heat, presented by Guzzler Median. Sponsored by good friends at Mohawk Honda, Scotia, Glenville. Don't forget about their Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer going on right now this spring. You catch us on Twitter. I'm at Brian Katie. He's at JJ underscore Alexander. If you have any questions, comments, complaints, ripes, stances you want to take that are infinitely wrong, uh, <laughs> Brian.Katie at GodzillaMedia.com. As you can see, scrolling across the screen right now if you're watching the YouTube edition of the show. <laughs> so for JJ Alexander, I'm Brian Katie. Enjoy your wrestling this week. Enjoy WrestleMania Backlash. I'm sure we'll have tons to say about it next next time. So until <laughs> then, JJ, say goodbye. Goodbye.